30 years on Wednesday. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed in 30 years? No. No, Business. nothing's changed. 30 years ago, you would have predicted you'd be doing your show from Toronto every day. Business, business still sucks. Sales department still sucks. If I sound a little bit bitter, it's because Todd Dreck was in there this morning. Oh, God. How many different ways can I say the same word to him? No. 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 Yeah. No matter which voice you say it in, just go away, Todd. Do not come back anymore. Anymore. All he wants is everything. And that Beth, oh, my God. There's a special place in hell for you, honey. She sandbagged us on Friday. I wouldn't wish on Hitler what she did to my show. I wouldn't wish it on Osama Yamama. I wouldn't wish it on Bush. How about really saying a lot. Would you wish it on Mo? No. Wow. No. Hmm. She's evil. That whole sentence. I see the way these things are really changing big time now. Remember what I told you? The faces change, but the uh, yep. game stays the same. Well, there was a nice story about you today. and uh... I know. Now, why are you telling me that? There was a, like, I don't have it here? <laughs> Jesus, you people are like in love. No, I just thought it was a nice story. Before you were awake this morning, I saw that story. Yeah. Kevin Baxter did a nice job. Yes, the uh, photographer lady that came by, she was a little bit annoying, but she was all right. She only took about 300 pictures. I would have added one thing to that story. What's that? I would have gotten a little bit into when you went through your, what I would call your broadcast metamorphosis, when you went from doing, because you, you were a different show when you started. Right, that's correct. And I, I, was think... a boring, I was a boring show catering to people over the age of 100. I was a babysitter for old farts, and then I decided this is, if it's boring to me, what must it be to anybody under the age of 100 out there with these ponderous guests? So yeah. There's nothing worse to me than, and I know you don't agree with this, but guests to me are like a tune-out. It depends. Sometimes you get, uh, they you get suck. lucky with one. Guests remind me of the sales department, man. They suck. All those boring... And, and most of them, by the way, are dead now, you know? Madeline O'Hare, she was always good for a laugh. She was a real cut-up. Henry Rothblatt. Oh, yeah. Doctor! Doctor! He's dead. And you want to know why he's dead? Because he didn't go to the doctor. He's a good guy, though. My nutrition, my nutrition quack guest I used to have on, the chiropractor guy, all those old... I mean, you know, I guess it, it served a purpose because I got from point A to point B, you know what I'm saying? It was like a Gary Conduit, like from uh, first base to third base. See, I, when I read a story that's in a supplement like that, I would like to know a little bit of why, not just what. Yeah. And well, I mean, just basically, I mean, Kevin did a good job with what he had, but it's just a lick and a schmear, you know. How do you cover 30 years of a show with, uh, you know, 200 words or whatever he wrote? Yeah, well. And a picture of me sitting there with his radio prop. It was it was kind of a cute idea, but that's uh, that picture, man. Wow. Looked like Marlena Dietrich in that picture. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? I don't know about that. I or who was it that said, uh, I want to be alone? Was that her or was that uh, the other one? Uh, Greta Garbo. Greta Garbo, same difference. Yeah, I looked like Greta Garbo in that picture with that pose uh, on that the old radio well, there. It was a neat, old, neat you, old radio. You you do want to be alone. You're not big on crowds. No, I, I'm absolutely not. Nope. In fact, when it's crowded at Woodbine, man, I run the hell out. I can't stand all those smelly, old, nasty people standing over your shoulder, staring at your machine, man. Oh, man. So, so it's uh, 2008, that's it? 
Well, what does that mean? That's in the story. Yeah. I'll let you know in 2007. <laughs> when the offer comes along. There's already an offer. and uh, I'm not thinking about that. I'm okay. not going to work until I croak on the ear. I don't know about you, but that's not my idea of how I want to oh, do it. No, no, definitely not. They're, they're like uh, like uh, Bob Barker, for example. He He's losing it. He's just, uh, I saw, I was down there for three days, by the way, three of the worst days of my life. Where were Every you, by I the way? I come there, I hate it more. I you... can't, that's the one thing Kevin Baxter wrote that I, I, I want to thank him for writing that. South Florida to me is like hell. You when know, were you like, here? I was there um, last weekend. Ah. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. What'd you do? Sat and ate. Watched TV and ate. Oh. Did my uh, tax stuff and a few other things I had to take care of. But basically, I sat there and ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. And out came the ice cream and out came the candy. It's the same old neurotic repetition every time I come home. It's the same. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, do I want to commit suicide or not? I, I will guarantee you this. If I had if not had this deal up here. I'd have been dead a long time. I'd have been uh, you know, that that guy that's calling uh, all the time wants to know when I'm planning on dying because I can come to my funeral. He already would have been there. He would have already written about it. In fact, the article by Kevin Baxter would have been an obit, not a uh, whatever it was. Then I find out it was in the business section. Yeah. Well, who the hell reads the business section? Business people. Yeah. What about people that are listening to radio? Nobody saw it. In the business section they put this thing? What has this got to do with business? Maybe a little monkey business. That's okay. People who buy advertising read it. Yeah. Well, you think our sales department's going to sell them spots? Oh, brother. (laughs) You must really have had a good weekend because you got a great sense of humor this morning. I did have a good weekend. What a laugh that is, man. Wow. What a panic. So you just came down here for three days? That's how you spent your vacation? No, then I was back here. What do you mean how I spent my vacation? What, what does that mean? Well, usually you go to Europe or someplace. I don't. I'm cutting back on those trips. I'm getting to be old, man. I can, all that traveling. Oh, God. It's, I don't care if you're old or young, Neil. Traveling is the same for everybody. Well, it's, it's a hassle. It's I don't horrible. have to tell you that. Horrible. And then when I came back, the flight from Fort Lauderdale, which now I'm using Lauderdale instead of Miami because I thought it would be a big improvement. Fort Lauderdale, it's the wheelchair express, man. No matter what flight you're on, there's like a half a dozen wheelchairs they got to schlep on there first. And then there's like two other people waiting to go to Montreal for a flight that was two hours later sitting there in wheelchairs. God, you can always tell when you're in Broward County, when the average age is death plus uh, it's points. the same in Dade County. No, no. Oh, yes. I just... Broward County. You're telling me Dade County is as old as Broward County? There's Come as many wheelchairs, now. I'll tell you that. On the flights? Yes. Not, not when I've gone. Maybe one or two. There were five wheelchairs lined up yep. before they started boarding the plane. Five? Yep. That's I mean, typical now. It is? Yes. Jesus. Man. There was, uh, where did I go from? Oh, yeah. I, I came back. I, I went out. To, I came back from Las Vegas to Miami. And yeah. getting on the flight, there were five wheelchairs Coming on from Las Vegas to here. <laughs> yeah. Now, maybe those people just, you know, you, got wiped I'm sure, out. I'm sure you've seen it. I, I see it fairly often. But you go into a casino anywhere, and there are people that are like in their 90s, and they've got, they not only have the walker or they're in a wheelchair, but they also have like the oxygen tank. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yes. And, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, I don't know how to describe that. In other words, are they trying to, like, squeeze the last uh, bits of enjoyment, or are they just that compulsive? It, it, it reminds me of the people who are compulsive smokers. Well, it's like the, uh, the story about the guy who's running to make the first race at 
at Aqueduct, and he's getting off the train, and he runs up the stairs and has the big one, and as he's falling, he hands the guy next to him $20 and bet the six. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's like compulsive smokers who like are dying from emphysema or lung cancer, and on their deathbed, the they they've got a hole cut in their throat in their windpipe so they can smoke through the pipe. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's true. true. <laughs> exactly. That is really something. But yeah. we're all hooked on something, you know. What I mean, yep. sugar. Sugar, and of course, then the people sneak out the sugar and they stick it in front of your face. Here you go. Kill yourself. Come on. Come on. Let's see how much you can eat. Let's see if we can get that blood sugar up to about 700. So I, I had I just raced out of that place, man. I don't know how I made it through. I, I, I'll, let me tell you right now, I will never, ever spend three days in South Florida. The longest I will ever come back for is a day. Well, yeah, be, probably be better off to fly your accountant up there. No, no, but I have to come back. To do your taxes? Well, actually, I don't have to come back there. I have to go back to the States like every so often. You know? Oh, to maintain your, uh, right. your citizenship. Right. Well, like you just can't come here and stay here forever. You can stay 180 days, which is pretty lenient. That's six months, you know. So? Which I never stay that long. Here's what you do. Niagara Falls. Yeah, that's that's true. Niagara Falls on the U.S. side. They got a, uh, The Indians have a nice casino on the uh, U.S. side. You do that anyway. What? No, I don't go, I don't go on the U.S. side. Well, oh, are we going to go through this again? Oh, no, I can't take it. First time wrecking now the Humper is losing it. I don't go to the casino on the American side. I don't cross customs when they've got the beautiful Fallsview Casino in Niagara Falls, Ontario. I keep trying to explain that to you. Yeah, You've been hanging out too much with Dick Stockton, man. That's your problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you. Because he reminds me too much of Mo. He's nothing like him. No, I'm just talking about his the sound. You know, that New York Jewy sound that Mo and... Uh, Dick Stockton. And you know who else has that same sound? Is Sam Rosen, which you wouldn't know Sam because he does the Ranger games. Yeah, I know Sam. He does football for about 100 too. years. What a schnoz he's got. But anyway, he's uh, he's good, but he's got that same. You know the sound I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Real New York Jewy sound. It's, uh, you know, Marv, uh, not, not Marv, Marv Levy. Steve Levy uh, sounds like that, too. Uh, pretends to do hockey games. Oh, by the way, Steve Levy works on That's what I wanted to talk to you about. You're lying to me about Dave O'Brien. What's that? Oh, I started thinking about this when I was home. There's like 16 different versions of ESPN now. See, you've been on there on ESPN ABC for a long time, back when it was only one. So it means something. Yeah. But but now you say, oh, but he's on ESPN, as if to suggest that that means somebody's got talent. Everybody's on ESPN. Even even uh, Christina Moron was on ESPN. So that doesn't mean anything. But Dave does. Dave's Dave, boring, man. He's bland. He's just a voice. He's Dave got no does. personality. He's got no nothing. He's just a voice. He's their number two baseball guy. So, so what does that mean? That means there ain't a lot of good baseball guys around, which is true. Oh, and speaking of baseball, all I can say is all right. love those Marlins. They're back again Thursday, 1250, Marlin Exhibitionist Baseball. We're going. What do you mean we're going? We're, uh, we're all going up to the game. Yeah. Who's we? You and the Beast. Me and the Beast. Cope. A, Greeper. Yeah. Oh, Greeper's going. Well, it'll probably cancel the game. <laughs> That's right. We're just going on like, the, like a class trip. You know, we're going to go to a ball game together and bond. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to bond with Robert Greeper, huh? You guys are getting desperate. You know what? I enjoy going to a spring training baseball game. I do. Good. I'm happy for you. Just a day out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
Of course, here they're still licking their wounds about Team Canada, eh? Oh, I was so happy to see that, man. I, w- I had nearly sexual excitement watching them get beaten that last game. Oh, man, that was beautiful. Oh, you were the guy who watched. Now, you think they weren't watching here? This whole country was like on pins and needles, and now they're st- stabbing each other with needles. Nice going, Wayne. Old Needle knows it's not bad enough that he and Janet got the bad gambling problem. That's not bad enough, but then he picks all these old trolls, all old and slow. Old and slow, and the other the European team just skated circles around him. How about the U.S. team? And wasn't it, yeah, they also uh, choked big time when they had nobody. And wasn't it nice to see all these guys like Hasek and um, Matthias Olin, all these very important players get injured over there so that their NHL teams are going to have to suffer now? That same and thing's going to happen in that baseball tournament. And they're already talking about Vancouver in 2010. We'll be back. You know, These people never learn their lesson. Gary Bettman, you're the Antichrist. You and Beth and Todd Dreck. Like, oh, God. Jokinen is coming back. He's exhausted. He, and, by the way, he ain't coming back to the Panthers. Either. I saw that. Yeah. You're, you, now, the next time you see your buddy Alan Cohen at the racetrack, tell him that the 400 uh, real dyed-the-wool Panther fans, we want to thank him for destroying the team now because Luongo ain't coming back, and neither is Jokinen. Jokinen's going to Ottawa. It's almost a done deal already. Yeah, I saw where... So this, this business of running the franchise on the cheap and making up all these phony statistics, uh, attendance numbers, and you know, it's, it's baloney. It's not going to make any money for anybody. All he's, all he's interested in is paring down the payroll as much as possible, trying to, like, salvage, making a few bucks, and then he's got to bail out of this thing. You're not fooling anybody, Alan. It's like picking up a paper every day and reading a spring training story. I don't read the story. I see the headline. And every day it's a guy I never heard of. Yeah. And, I mean, I follow baseball... Somewhat, yeah. Uh, and yet, every day there there's a feature about a guy I don't know. Today, some 32 year old guy who's ho- who's from this area who's hoping to uh, to catch on. You know, yesterday it's about some guy who's I I, I don't know any of these players, none mm-hmm. of them. So we'll learn a little bit Thursday when we go on our trip. Very sad, sad facts. Got a bad facts? The sad facts. Um, from Hannah Friedman Lipton. Now, I don't know if you ever knew uh, Fern Friedman. No. WKT. She, back then, was uh, one of the young interns there at the station, a very nice uh, young lady. And, uh, you know, we got to be friendly. We went out to eat several times. And I just got the facts this morning. Dear Neil, just saw your two-page spread in the Herald Business Monday. Congratulations on your huge success. I know Fern would be thrilled for you. See, as soon as uh, I read that sentence. That's not a good sentence. That's not a good sign. I thought you'd be interested to know that she passed away September 10, 2002. It was very hard for us. We miss her with all our heart. Hannah Friedman Lipton. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, my, my sympathy to the whole family. She was a sweetheart. She was so nice. And I guess that's the thing about getting old, to be like us, a couple of old Jews like we are, is that, uh, you know, you get to read the obits of all the people that you knew and worked with. I remember. I in, when I was in the shower this morning, I was thinking about the long list of all the uh, people I worked with. Oh, it's just, it, it's gotten to the point now just too long to go on about. My father used to say when that would happen, they're starting to call up our class. <laughs> Is that it? That's what he's, he, when somebody he knew would pass away, another member of the class called up. There's something going on in that place in uh, South Florida. I don't know what it is. Something really nasty going on there. Yeah, a lot of nasty things going on down here. No, but I'm just saying, you, you you go to the airport and you look at the people and you think, who are these people and where are they going and what are they all about? It Maybe I'm just out of touch, like uh, Tom Zicka would say, your good buddy. And by the way, thanks, Tom. I know you wrote a very glowing 20th and 25th anniversary story in the uh, Sun Sentinel. I don't think the Sun Sentinel figures that uh, about 30, man. is an important number, so I don't think they're going to be writing nothing. 
Nice going, Tom. He's busy writing some puff piece on uh, some TV show that will be canceled in three weeks. Nice going, Tommy. And by the way, bet the six horse in the eighth race. You idiot. Over to that arriving and departing flights halted at Long Beach Airport. Security watch. <laughs> I say let's put the Arabs in charge of that, too. What do you say? That's another thing that's changed. I'm just going to tell you one thing. Listen to me very carefully. The Bushes and the Arabs are in bed together. It's O-I-L and M-O-N-E-Y. Do you know that Dubai has got $8, million, $8 billion investment in the Carlisle Group? Yeah, I do. You know that Neil Bush, the president's brother, that uh, scam program that he's got for the public schools for the testing system, which his brother, of course, adopted in Florida, that the, uh, it was funded by the United Arab Emirates. Did you know that? Everything is funded the by same the same UAE that gave $100 million to the Katrina Relief Fund two weeks before the secret ports deal was signed behind closed doors. I just mentioned these things in passing, you know. That's why that uh, banned our Bush from Saudi Arabia. It's all the Bushes and the uh, Bin Ladens, man, the Saudis and the Dubais. But then again, they got that great racing in Dubai, so you probably like it. Listen, we're already, like, uh, past the first break, so have a great day. Yes, you too. Nice, nice to hear you. And don't forget David Cohen. Welcome. I mean, uh, Gary Cohen. Welcome back. And Marty Cohen. See you tomorrow. And Alan Cohen. There you go. Hey. People are ice holes. Yes. Dick was up in for clam, drinking Jenny Cream and <laughs> his pals and Corpus Christi. But when Dick cocked his gun, half blinded by the sun, he shot his buddy Harry. Alright. Now he's got a heartache because of his mistakes. Says it was the worst day of his life. Hell, I bet it did. When Dick's got a gun, you should hide behind trees Or your chest will look like him For it's twist cheese and it's blood you'll be Thanks to Dick Cheney Okay, so about how long ago do you think that episode happened? Well, was it two weeks, thereabouts? Okay, thereabouts. And he was plastered. I'm, I'm so sure. glad you got that story by him. Um, they all were. Doug Thompson. Doug Thompson, the Capitol Hill Blue, which I'm going to read it today. Right. In case anybody missed it on our website. He was drunk as a skunk. That's why, I, uh, I mean, you didn't have to be a genius right. to see through that. I talked about why it. Why they stonewalled them till the next day. And how the Secret Service confiscated the vials of blood from uh, right. Mary. Right. And here it was like two uh, two weeks ago, and nobody's ever going to know the truth mm -hmm. of that. And all these religionists out there, well, it is written, and uh, Moses said this, and Jesus said that, and all this crap thousands of years ago that everybody made up, all these bubble mices, and uh, people are killing each other because of it. Police search for a passenger who bolted past security in Long Beach, California at the airport. Arriving and departing flights have been halted. Safety, safety, safety. Now keep that in mind, okay? That's what it's all about. As long as the Arabs are in charge, we'll be safe. 10-17 already, my God, it's almost time for the second break. Hey, nice job, by the way, Troy Stratford. I'm going to tell you, I am so relieved to see these fabulous changes in our sales department. It is just... <laughs> Hey, Dry Concepts has been doing it for me for over 21 years in my homes, cleaning my carpets. In fact, they're going to be coming pretty soon again because they're pretty schmutzy. Somebody had their brother bring their dog to my house and mess up my carpeting. 
Anyway, take advantage of Dry Concepts' maintenance contract that provide you with a 10% discount on all of Dry Concept services, including the one-of-a-kind carpet cleaning that I've been raving about for all these years, and leather, drapery, oriental rug cleaning, too. Dry Concepts also specialize in pet odor treatment, ceramic tile and grout cleaning, mattress cleaning to say goodbye to those nasty, pesky dust mites, and lots more. And during February, which is almost over now, Dry Concepts has a special offer on upholstery cleaning for you. Don't replace that furniture just because it's soiled. Let Dry Concepts rejuvenate that furniture at a fraction of the replacement or repolstering cost. And don't forget, all of Dry Concepts technicians are specially trained and certified to provide you with the best possible service, and they give you a written guaranteed price up front. No BS, no tack-ons at the end. Say, oh, sorry, it's going to cost you a lot more. No chance, no more than they told you up front. So don't be fooled by the imitators. You made a big investment when you decorated your home. Now it's time to protect it. So call Dry Concepts today, toll-free in Dade, Broward, and the Palm Beaches, and be sure and tell them that ancient Neil told you to call 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071, or on the Wicked Web, log on to dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA. Salespeople are isolated. The president late Tuesday striking back at his critics, both Democrats and Republicans, who charge the administration is dropping its guard by allowing an Arab company to manage six major U.S. seaports. Bush is throwing his presidency. He's smart but dumb-witted under the surface. What's this thing with the UAE? Controlling our portfolios, leaving us confused. United Arab Emirates controlling America's ports. Every choice that he makes. I think it sends a terrible signal uh, to friends around the world that uh, it's okay for a company from one country to manage a port, but not a, a country that is placed by the rules and has got a good track record from another part of the world. Can't, can't manage the port. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Hamas doesn't recognize Israel, therefore we don't want to do business with them, and they right. better have uh, better elections, the Palestinians, so that we right. like the outcome. Uh, the Iranians don't recognize Israel. That makes them very bad. And, of course, uh, they can't build a bomb as a result of that, or we're going to get really bad, pissed off and bomb them into the Stone Age, which they don't have far to go. Uh, that's bad. But the United Arab Emirates also doesn't recognize Israel, but they're our good friend. Right. What? Glad you got I it down. I see. Hmm. Just remember, folks, next time you have a wild bout of diarrhea, next time you got, like, bad indigestion, uh-huh. next time like you got morning. a pounding migraine headache, all like of these things, any of them, whatever oh, yeah. it is, next time you get a hangnail, anything bad happens, you just remember, it's probably because of the BB people, Bush and Bandar Bush. Mm-hmm. Bush and the Arabs. Are you? Do you mean Persians? The Arabs, the Mesopotamians. <laughs> what a mess they've made, man. Just unbelievable. Oh, speaking of that, violence killed another 29 people Ooh. yesterday, including three American soldiers, and mortar fire rumbled through the heart of Baghdad after sundown despite stringent security measures imposed after an explosion of sectarian violence. It's called civil war. Abe Lincoln would be proud. A ban on driving in Baghdad and the suburbs helped prevent major attacks during daylight Sunday, oh. but after nightfall, explosions thundered throughout the city as mortar shells slammed into a Shiite quarter in southwestern Baghdad, killing 16 people and wounding 53 Mo. Mortar fire also hit a Shiite area on the capital's east side, killing three people there, injuring six mole. But who's counting, you know? Like up to about 2,300 American soldiers dead, but uh, who's keeping track? Right. Let's just smear and schmear anybody that says the wrong thing. By the way, I saw uh, some movies over that vacation time. 
that Me face too. in the crowd that the guy was raving about how it's uh, so much better than network and yada yada. No, it's not uh, nearly as good as network, but it was it was okay. Andy Griffith was very good and Patricia Neal. I almost watched it over the weekend. I got no, I, I would watch it, but you'll know, it's uh, black and white, and it's um, which that does not automatically make it bad. But there's just something about it that it's just uh, over the top. You know is what I'm saying? Is it better the than Casablanca? The acting performances are all way over the top. You must remember this. A chicken cannot uh, <laughs> pee. Yes, yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Face in the Crowd was good. And it was the uh, messianic, uh, self-important uh, uh, lunatic, who in this case was Andy Griffith, doing a much different role for him. Although, uh, yeah, it, it was good. And I also saw Crash, which was great. Not good. Yeah. It was great. Saw it twice already. I want to thank the 80,000 people that called in a recommended crash, and then you sent me that uh, pristine copy of it. Oh, right. man, that's a fine, fine flick. Yes, it was. And so many uh, great things in that movie, the best of which is that I uh, think the most important <laughs> message is that there are a lot of really ugly stereotypes, and most of them are true. Right. <laughs> and they had the balls to say that. That's you know? right. Yeah. And there's a really great cast. Matt Dillon was very good in there. Yes. And uh, Don Cheadle, the fifth Beatle, he was very good. But and, you didn't know he was the fifth Beatle. I have been promoting that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, my guy, Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippe. Which even you liked him in there. He wasn't talking, wasn't talking like, uh, like this. He was just yeah. great. Well, he, was, he got too close to James Conner. You Conway, know what? I, think, for I didn't even know that he could talk normal. I was so excited to hear really? him can, yeah. yeah. He was very He was great right. in that. Yeah, yeah, here you got a problem in there. Is your microphone on? And uh, Ludacris <laughs> was very good. Right? That was funny. Ludacris was hysterical. He His was whole Ludacris, spiel. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, i got uh, just all kinds of stuff here, so just take your time. Thanks again to Kevin Baxter and also the lady photographer who came out. She really worked her ass off. To, and I was speaking of uh, people dying. Jesus, Don Knotts and Darren McGavin. And uh, and then uh, Dick Cheney was drunk when he shot his buddy Harry. And it's just a hairy world is what it is. And the good part of it is that salespeople are still what they always were before. Secure the terminal still open, but the boarding lounge is All right, let's back area. up just a second, if you would, please, Sharon. You said, <laughs> did he take off running? What happened? Yes, he actually took off running. And so then... Maybe he had... Maybe he had uh, you know, ever see the spot, the guy who's always... Uh, he's got a going problem. He's going and going mm -hmm. and going. You know that guy? Right. That's maybe this yeah. guy had like a going problem. This is Neil Rogers. Oh, oh. This is 560 QAM. I'm going again. What? I got a good idea how you can make some extra cash. Okay. You know the uh, prize closet? Yeah. I got a good idea how you can make some real good cash on the side. What do you think? No comment. Oh. So, in other words, you got a bad deal? I thought that this was all getting taken care of. I don't have a bad of. deal. I'm still waiting, you know. I'm, uh, I'm t oh, in other words, you're still in limbo. Everything's been pending this whole time. Oh, so. yeah. Well, that's because we got this. Look, I don't want to start off on a sour note because George had a wonderful lunch with our new general manager, Joe Bell, and Norma Kent had a wonderful meeting with Joe Bell and emailed me how great it went, and Joe's just a great guy, and I've had a couple of conversations with Joe on the phone. He seems like a really great guy. But you know something? In the meantime, nothing is changing. A lot of underwear is changing, but nothing is changing, and everything is like in limbo, and we're waiting for this one to finish doing the limbo rock at the tea room, and uh, just, you know, in the sales, the sales department, just a, an absolute disaster. A disaster. And the new guy is starting until next Monday, I understand. But by the time he comes in, like putting the pieces of Titanic together. Oh, and I wasn't even going to mention this on the air, but since you got me started, blame Josh for it, George. Okay. So all week long, because I, I never listen when I'm uh, when you're doing a show and I'm not on. I mean, you know, if that yeah, I don't want to be involved. You know, I have full confidence that everything is going along just fine. 
I do check the polls. I vote on there. I say, oh, another one of these crappy polls. And I actually had a couple of good polls on there for a change. And uh, and then I'll like to check the, a couple of the stories on there you might have on. We want to apologize, by the way. Saturday there was only five stories, and I put two of them on there, which I don't want to hear the whole rigmarole about how that happened. That's okay. I'm glad I got this story about Joe Klein and F him. What a, what a jackass, Joe Klein. Eh? Lou Dobbs has gone absolutely ballistic. Like I told you, he got religion about two weeks ago Friday, and all of a sudden decided it was time to rip Bush an ass. And he, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Like somebody shot him in the back of it with a cannon. Maybe it was uh, Cheney. But just ripping Bush on his Arab uh, with a ports deal yeah. night after night, the whole Everybody six or seven hours, it's great. No, but I, I mean just uh, obsessed. And so anyway, he's got Joe Klein on there, that the wimp from Time Magazine, that make-believe liberal from Time Magazine. And Joe Klein is with two other guys, who are, including uh, Ed Rollins, a Republican, who's going on about this nightmare with this ports deal and about how it's going to just destroy the Republicans. And Joe Klein is going, oh, they can't cancel a deal. What a, it's going to look so bad. What's it going to do to our image on the Arab street? He was hyperventilating <laughs> about what they're going to do. The Arab street. I say, let's take your Jewish ass and stick your ass on the Arab street. Ooh. How do you like you, Joe? How do you like that, huh? I'll hold the camcorder. And they won't be throwing a stale hummantash, and just because Purim is coming up, they'll be throwing something a little harder than that. They'll be throwing Iraqs at your ass. God, what an idiot he is, Joe Klein. So we got that great story about uh, from Ross' story about uh, F. Joe Klein. It was good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Harfax isn't says. So anyway, see, I almost forgot about it. I won't. So I, I come in here at noon. I had a real good morning for a change of Woodbine Friday morning, which is very unusual. And I come out in a really good mood. I come in here to look up some movie or something because that was the day I went out and bought movies. And it's noon, and I haven't listened all week long. And I open up the pot. This is my luck. But and you see, if I wouldn't open it up, you wouldn't have never have told me about it. Nobody right. had told me about it, especially your program director who doesn't listen anyway because not a sports show. He's an idiot. But uh, and I open up the pot and there's George and uh, the bit is ending. Whatever you were playing, and all of a sudden I hear, well, we have a guest here and uh, with his lovely British accent. Uh, uh, well, I'm thinking to myself and talking about some kind of booze, uh, right. whatever the hell yeah. it was, and I'm, th I'm thinking to myself, oh no. no! This can't be uh, some some sales hole con George into like selling out the show uh, because they're trying to like close some account. Talk about whoring the show, Beth. And uh, sure enough, I found out this morning that's what it was. I mean, I listened to that for about two minutes. I heard suds on, thank God, which made me feel a little bit better. It was but all me, man. Blame me. George I could have said no, but show out. What? Yeah. It's my we, fault. We just don't do that. We just don't ever do that under any circumstances. When we get that desperate, we have to start putting guests on to peddle some product uh, to horror. You know, if we're that desperate, just shut the place down. That's my suggestion. Just shut it down. And from what I'm understanding, based on technical concerns, uh, wow. it was doing a pretty good job of that by itself all week anyway. <laughs> Friday went off without a hitch. Yeah. But, uh, every other day, I all think we had long, something. Uh, the phone didn't work. This doesn't work. But Power you see, went out. See, well, like I told a you, lot. Joe Bell may be the greatest guy who ever came down the pike. He seems like an awfully good guy with really good intentions, but you still got the same incompetent people in every department. The engineering, he ought to know that from KISS. These guys, they couldn't, like, uh, glue two pieces of equipment together with Band-Aids. By the way, how's my switches for the board coming, Clarence, now that my vacation is over? How's that big project coming, Clarence, that I've never heard one more word about? And then you got the sales holes, which it speaks for itself. I, I still think I had the best idea for Josh. You want to make uh, some bucks? I bet you if you go into Greg's old orifice, has he, has he finally gotten all the stuff out of there or not? 
Seems to be pretty barren in there. Really? There's still some boxes maybe, of crap. Maybe over the weekend some people went in there and got some of that good old OJ autographs and the footballs and baseballs and whatever other balls were laying around in Greg's desk. And uh, maybe auction them off somewhere. Make some, make some good money that way. What do you think, guys? On eBay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was watching Spanish language. Yeah, I bet you were. I bet you were. In fact, maybe, maybe we in could auction the salespeople off on eBay, although we wouldn't get too much for them. Wow. Oh, don't let me forget tomorrow morning something interesting about somebody. 20 okay. before 11 at 5. <laughs> right <down> like that? <laughs> it has to do with eBay, that, uh, that deal. All right. Harv faxes and says, thank you for the past 30 years of entertaining radio listeners in South Florida. Driving from account to account during my business day has been both humorous and a great learning experience for all of us. Oh, I'm learning too, Harv. We know that we can always count on you for an honest opinion on both news, people, and products. You helped Augusta. And George is always happy, too, especially if it's booze and he can get, you know. That's right. Get some in here for free and uh, right. somebody makes drinks while we're on the air. Exactly. Uh-huh. You help us to think in way issues for both us and our families. And proving that knowledge is a good thing, so keep reading and trying to keep our eyes open to make us question, react to politicians, poor decisions. Your opinions are always welcome to my home. Thanks again, Harv. Thank you. And happy Purim, by the way. Don't eat too many home and tops. Don't eat those little triangle uh, hard ones. Get the nice big soft ones, man. Poppy seed only, please. For real juice. Before I forget it, because i got so many fish to fry, um, this is uh, an excerpt. What, what's this website? Democrats.com. Okay. This is uh, just a little a short excerpt from the uh, Lou Dobbs show on CNN on Friday. I never dreamed I'd be quoting anything from Lou Dobbs. Wow. I'd always been, had his head so far up Bush's ass that it was coming out of his earlobes. All of a sudden, he got religion. Nice going, Lou. Better late than ever, you idiot. You fat-faced uh, egotist. Dobbs, President Bush's family and members of the Bush administration have long-standing business connections with the United Arab Emirates, and those connections are raising new concerns and questions tonight in some quarters about why the president is defying his very own party leadership and his party in defending the Dubai port deal. Christine Romans, the oil-rich United Arab Emirates is a major investor in the Carlyle Group, the private equity investment firm where President Bush's father once served as senior advisor and is a who's who of former high-level government officials. Just last year, Dubai International Capital, a government-backed buyout firm, invested in an $8 billion Carlyle Fund. Another family connection, the president's brother, Neil Bush, has reportedly received funding for his educational software company from the UAE investors. A call to his company was not returned. Then there's the cabinet connection. 
Treasury Secretary John Snow was chairman of railroad company CSX. After he left the company for the White House, CSX sold its international port operations to Dubai Ports World for more than a billion dollars. In Connecticut Friday, Snow told reporters he had no knowledge of the CSX sale. I learned of this transaction probably the same way members of the Senate did, by reading about it in the newspapers, he said. Yeah, sure. Another administration connection, President Bush chose a Dubai Ports World executive to head the U.S. Maritime Administration, David Sanborn, whose brother Chase, along with him, made a great coffee. Chase and Sanborn, remember that? No. David Sanborn, the former director of Dubai Ports European and Latin American Operations, he was tapped just last month to lead the agency that oversees U.S. US port operations. Not to mention the $100 million that the uh, UAE government sent to the Hurricane Katrina Relief Fund just two weeks before they closed the deal on this, uh, this ports deal. I just mentioned that in passing, too. Mm-hmm. Got nothing to do with it. Bush and uh, Bandar Bush should have been Laden's man. They're all in business together. They're all in the same pot. All those crooks in the Middle East, man. The Arab crooks, the Israeli crooks, all of them. And the Goyim, too. Okay, here's George's poll from uh, Friday. Well, it took almost an hour to get around to this. I got a lot of fish to fry here, man. Mm-hmm. You'll be smelling it. I do. Mm-hmm. I think I think what you're smelling is the result of Josh telling me that his deal still is like in limbo and he's being strung along again. That's the famous tactic from the Beasleys. Keep stringing you along, and as every week goes by and every month goes by, it's just that much less money that they're giving you, see? Well, I'm sure you do see. I do. Yeah. Do rhymes with getting screwed. It's really pretty sad. But things are going to change now because we got a new uh, new leader at the helm. And the Beasleys all of a sudden are going to get religion. They're going to drop their banjos. And they're going to climb down out of those trees. And they're going to act like real human beings. What do you think, huh? No. No. There's an old saying, man, I think fits in perfectly with the Beasleys, where there's no sense, there's no feeling. You ever hear that? Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, where there's no sense, there's no feeling. In other words, as the Chinese would say, Gornish Telfin. Here's George's poll from Friday. Who has the worst employees? 1,808 votes. Pretty impressive, if you ask me, yeah. or George especially. The federal government, 298. Now, I must be because you had this big audience on Friday because you had the booze guy on for That's Beth. That's right. Let me say it again. Beth, I'd be real, real nervous every time I started my car from now on. The federal government, 298. DMV, 195. I hate this poll, 174. My cable company, 130. About 30, man. Wow. The police, 120. The state government, 102. The post office, 87. My phone company, 74. Convenience store, 57. Insurance companies, 55. The healthcare industry, 54. They should rot. The banks, 47. Restaurants in my city, 46. Whatever your city is, whether it's like Ojas or Sweetwater or right. uh, Hialeah or. The power company, 45. Oh, well, what could that be? Florida Plunder and Loot? Hmm. Or whatever Depart- power company you have. De- yeah, Florida Plunder and Loot, like I said. <laughs> Department stores, 39. My internet service provider, 39. Uh-oh. Supermarkets. About 30, man. The justice system, 27. Sucks. For justice, we must go to... Oh, God. TV stations, 26. Radio stations, 25. The worst employees. Boy, should have been a lot higher than that. Man, oh, man. We go out and... What we do is we get our, like, intermediate management level type people, and they go out and they scour all the dumpsters around town. And then that becomes the uh, sales department, our engineering department. That's, and that's where uh, you found Beaner Boy, isn't it? That's right. Dumpster diving. You got it. Right. Mortgage brokers, 23. Airlines, 20. Newspapers, 15. My satellite company, 12. Food delivery joints, 11. The military, 7. And 9-11, 9-1-1. Right. The operators and stuff. Right. Four. Well, I see 9-11 right where you start getting nervous. Yeah. Hello, operator. 9-1-1 has got four. 
Well, you do see the kind of people that they hire to answer those 9-11 calls. Thus, the, I bet, uh, the I best suggestion to you folks out there is don't ever have an emergency, okay? Yeah. Go, don't ever get broken Good into plan. don't have any problem. Because if you've ever seen any of the shows they have on TV showing you the people who answer the mm-hmm. 9-11 calls, it's... Uh, Granted, those are always the poor examples, you know. We don't get to see the highlights of when they do something. Oh, helpful. the intellectual right, people, right. the crowd exactly, that answer. Yeah. But they only answer for the rich neighborhoods. That's right. Lon faxes and says, Happy anniversary, Neil. Your award-winning show burst upon me during the Zeta days. Oh, good old Zeta days. I don't to, too bad I don't have any, uh, yeah, it burst upon it. I'm looking, I'm looking. We can't, we can't play that uh, thing. I have to, like, uh, diddle with it. Neil wakes me up in the morning. Oh, that's not it. No, that's, that's not even the right one. That's not it either. Where the hell is it? Oh. Neil wakes me up in the morning. In the morning. To drive him nuts. <laughs> and Tweety, it says in there, Neil and Tweety, the bird, but of course I would always drop that out. Just just to aggravate him, which didn't take a lot. He's also dead. Jeez. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, you won't hear him captain no mo. Anyway, so Alon says, at that time I was shuttling my sated mother to her chemo sessions from time to time during our frequent trips. I had to turn off your program since the laughter was a bit painful for my mother's brittle bones. Nevertheless, recovery was quick and our laughter continued. Those were memorable times. Yes, they sure were, Lon. Those were the days, baby. Although today my mother is with your mother and Tiny, and don't forget Winnie, and a whole host of others, I'm still laughing harder than ever, albeit more informed. Thank you for countless hours of primetime news and entertainment with a handshake. Lon, I'm not going to read his last name. P.S. We, the Collective Universe, proclaim retirement is not an option. Uh, guess again, Lon. By the way. Guess again. Yeah. Because I was under the impression that that article was in the Tropical Life and uh, that that's what, was, that's what I was told. Right, and the faxer said the business section, but everybody's been calling in and saying, uh, we don't know what that is talking about. It was in the Tropical Life, man. Well, don't be knocking the faxer. The faxer is uh, Fern Friedman's uh, mother. Who well, did, you know. whatever the case, people called up and said, uh, no, man, it's in Tropical Life. Well, now life. I feel better because if it wasn't a business section, the cover I story, myself, I've been had again. You were on the cover of Tropical Life. Woo! Yeah. Holy moly, rat man. Yeah, that'll really make your career take off. It's got just the one picture there and doesn't mm-hmm. even show the whole radio, which I thought to myself when I saw the picture, why did I bother with that prop when it don't even show the whole radio? Looks like I'm doing that Greta Garber routine there. But at any rate, that was probably somebody at the Herald who picked that picture just to make me look a little uh, gay, fey, you know. I'm not going to read this thing that you faxed to me about this, um, you know, the soldier thing. What, what is it? Oh, whatever, no. No, I, I don't even know. I, I Did I fax you something? I've to do here today. I'll, get, I'll put it in my pile over here. By the way, Oh, that thing. Yeah, whatever. Today's pool. Well, everybody wants all of a sudden. Everybody's whoring. Instead of giving to us, like sending Josh a bag of money to make up for the fact that they keep diddling him around. Hey, that's bad. That is just so bad. And again, it goes to show you that the faces change, but the modus operandus do not change. It stays the same. Just keep stonewalling and stringing people along and bada beep, bada boop, bada boop. It's just, it's, uh, so pardon me for being skeptical, but when I start seeing some action, then I'll uh, buy into this whole deal about, oh, things are really great. You know, things are, uh, things are not so great. 
Things are whatever the hell they are. It's the QAM and way. It's the Beasley and way. Here's our poll today. What is the oddest name in sports today? Now, not all of the people I put on here are in sports today, but they're still around. You know, their presence is still, uh, you know, they're on doing commercials for uh, Viagra or whatever they're doing. The oddest name in sports today, Dick Trickle's got 147. A lot of people want to see that. I hate this pool, 90. I hate sports, 59. Coco Crisp, 53. Man, put a little milk and sugar on that. Peekaboo Street, 39. Oh, and by the way, if you watched any of the Olympics, I will admit I watched some of the hockey. I had far too much of it, even though I wasn't going to watch any of it. But, there, you know, there, there are no other sports. There is no other sport in the Winter Olympics, okay? It's just strictly like the Summer Olympics. Yay. That's all it is. It's uh, speed skating and ice uh, dancing and uh, all that, which I got a real kick out of seeing all those uh, guys flop down on the ice. Did you see that? No. Oh, that was beautiful. The ice must have been really bad, or else they were just a bunch of klutzes, but they, every one of them was, like, uh, flopping all over. I think the second one, I think they were klutzes. Peekaboo Street, 39. Dick Pound, 38, who finds the uh, drugs everywhere he looks. There's uh, hockey players with drugs. Plaxico Burris, 17. That, that's one of my very favorites. Plaxico. Is that a drug, speaking of that? Dick Buck is 39, 13. Dick Pole, 12. Kevin Pitsnoggle, 10. <laughs> Shaq has got 10. Shaq! Mike Krzyzewski's got 8. You know, I had to look up twice just to make sure I was spelling that right. I think you're making some of these up. Yeah. Mike Krzyzewski, coach at Duke for the last 100 years. Bimbo Cole, 6. Apollo Onu, Ono, 6. Oh, no. Mickey Klutz, 4. Miro Shatan, 4, which is spelled Satan, so like him a lot. Yang Yang, 4. Ron Tugnut, 3. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> Tabucky Jones, three. Lake Speed, three. Johannes Hairbear. His name is German. H-E-R-B-E-R. Plays basketball for West Virginia. But his name is pronounced Hairbear. Hairbear Bunch, I understand. Right. David Seaman has got a pair. (laughs) Radic Bonk. Somebody put on here Raider. It's with a K, okay, Eric? Maybe it's my bad penmanship. Radic Bonk's got two. D.A. Points has got two. Ladanian Tomlinson, two. Cheryl Pounder's got a pair. You ought to see him. Tobias Angerer has got two. Ontario Smith won. He's probably from Quebec. Steve Bowling won. Jay Baller won. Jeff Ball won. And none for Stefan Yell, Lance Pitlick, Carl Dykhouse, Rocco Mediate, Takeo Spikes, Joey Godsp- Godspeed. Gods what? Pa- Pappy Sow. Pa- how do you say that? You're asking me? Jeff Payne, Sean Crooks, and Joey Cheek. They don't have any other 532. And somebody says, I like this one a lot. Speaking of football, what about DeBrickishaw Ferguson? Hey, Debra, now what do you call him for short? Brick? Yeah, sure. Or the, the, the Brick. The, the Brick. I bet you the uh, Chief Timothy's son knows a lot about that. Now, there's a guy I'd really keep my eye on. Is the Miami Police Chief. Uh-huh. I'd keep my eye on him and the Gansamishpocha, baby. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Catch the excitement of the 2006 Winter Olympics. Synchronized bingo. Oh, 63. Toboggan catching. Frozen cats flailing. The 2006 Winter Olympics on NBC. Oh, yeah, there was some really heavy-duty sports on there. Not... There was nothing. Just absolutely nothing. 1101 at 560 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Wednesday's that big 30th anniversary. I don't know why people... I heard the promo 
when I uh, was listening to you the other day for two minutes. Uh huh. I heard the promo for right. the homo. That's and right. What, what's the big deal? What's going to happen Wednesday? I, I sure oh. hope they don't have any contrived phone calls. Well, I didn't arrange any contrived phone well, calls. Well, good. I sure hope that Duff, you know, Duff, stick to the sales now. You're a sales hole, okay? You're doing a fine job over there, and uh, just stick to it. And stop getting so emotional, will you please? You fairy! I think we're going to have a party during the show. Get some gin in here. Get some more booze in there. Get that guy with that pleasant British accent on. That's right. You know, I I don't think I ever got to the point where I heard him speak. Now, I sure hope he didn't speak like that uh, that black British guy that's on that cooking show. You know the one I'm talking about, the skinhead? No, he spoke like a proper British guy. Oh, my God. Not Cockney, uh, if that's what you're talking about. Who? Not Cockney, if that's what you're talking about. Oh, I know. I don't know what you call it. Mon. So yeah. I guess uh, I'll have to read Kevin Baxter's article from the Herald because I wouldn't want most of you to have to spend the money to go out and buy the Herald. That would be I sure thought you got it. Oh, you want me to read it? No, no whatever. It. Yeah, well, whatever. Take a lot and kill some good time. Although first let's do the uh, deaths, and then don't. Uh, I, uh, just too much important stuff, man. Secret Service agents say Cheney was drunk when he shot a lawyer by Doug Thompson. <coughs> Which George had on the website last week, but I am going to read it. Yeah, I uh, I hit the and highlights. Nobody of else it. is talking about it. No, no, no one is. I hit the highlights of it, but I didn't like you know read it. Well, thank God for that. No Don kidding. Knotts, eighty-one. See, so you said he was ninety or something. That's what I thought because he's been around for a hundred years. He was old when he was on the Andy Griffith show. Don Knotts, the skinny, lovable nerd who kept generations of TV audiences laughing, is the bumbling deputy Barney Fife on the Andy Griffith show. Died Friday. He was eighty-one. He died of pulmonary and respiratory complications at UCLA Medical Center in Beverly Hills. Said Paul Ward, a spokesman for the cable network TV Land, which broadcast the Andy Griffith Show, and another co-hit uh, co-starring Mr. Knotts, Three's Company. Right. He was on the Steve Allen Show, Don Knotts. Tom Poston, Louis mm-hmm. Nye. Louis Nye. Dayton Allen, right. You ain't no Louis Nye. But then who Mr. Knotts and uh, half a century acting career included seven TV series and more than 25 films. But it was the Andy Griffith Show that brought him TV immortality and five Emmy Awards. The show was on the air from 60 to 68. was in the top ten Nielsen ratings each season, including a number one ranking in its final year. It's one of only three series to bow out at the top. The others are I Love Loosely, Seinfeld. The 249 Griffith episodes have appeared frequently in reruns, spawned a large active network of fan clubs. Don't ask me why, because there's a lot of rednecks out there, I guess. As the bug-eyed deputy to Mr. Griffith, Mr. Knotts carried his, in his shirt pocket the one bullet he was allowed after shooting himself in the foot. The constant fumbling, a recurring sight gag, was typical of his self-deprecating uh, humor. Yada. Let's see. It goes on about the pickle story and uh, Barney and the choir. And uh, In 1979, he replaced Norman Fell on Three's Company, playing the would-be swinger landlord. Early, here we go. Earlier in his TV career, he was one of the original cast members of the Steve Allen Show, the comedy variety show from the late 50s. He was one of a group of memorable comics backing Mr. Allen. His G-rated films were family fun, but not at box office blockbusters. The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yes, it was. Uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. A Ghost of Mr. Chicken, The Shakiest Gun in the West, and a few Disney films like Gus and Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. He was a good guy. Everybody liked. Nobody didn't like Don Knotts. If you don't like correct. Don Knotts, well, we're going to send you duck hunting with uh, Antonin Scalia and the vice president. <laughs> How do you like that? Let's see. A Canadian living in Miami, it says here, this fax. Oh, boy. That is sad. So sorry, eh? Although it is freezing ass cold, but there's no snow on the ground. Your article was in the Tropical Life section of the Herald, not the business section. Because of the way the papers folded and packaged, it just seemed it was in the business section. Nice work. Keep it up. A Canadian living in Miami. Ouch, it says. Well, have a great day, eh? 
Holden, uh, which is uh, behind here, but that's okay. I'm inside. Looks a bit sunny. It looks good. Looking pretty good. And guess who else died, which everybody knows by now? One of your favorites. I like him, too. Darren McGavin, the original Night Stalker. Darren McGavin was painting a movie set in 1945 when he learned of an opening for a small role in the show. Climbed off his ladder, returned through Columbia's front gates to land the part. The husky, tough-talking performer went on to become one of the busiest actors in TV and film, starring in five TV series, including Mike Hammer, and enduring holiday audiences with his role as the grouchy dad in the 83 comedy classic A Christmas Story. McGavin, 83, died of natural causes Saturday at an L.A. hospital with his family at his side. McGavin also had leading roles in TV's Riverboat and the cult favorite, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Among his memorable portrayals was U.S. Army General George Patton in the 79 TV biography Ike. Despite his busy career in television, in fact, the Bush family is very proud of the fact that the such uh, supporters of Israel they have all these big campaign buttons they're coming out with this year in the midterm elections. I like Kike, it says. No, I saw that coming. Despite, well, you remember what the James Baker the Turret said? Those Jews down there don't vote for us anyway, so screw them. Sure, he said Jews. He said, I like Kikes. Despite his busy career in television, McGavin was awarded only one Emmy in 1990 for an appearance as Candace Bergen's opinionated father episode of Murphy Brown. Oh, Murphy Brown? Oh, no, speaking of quail hunting. What the hell is that thing called? The Night Is it called quail? The Night? The Night? Huh? Might be Night. Or might be Day. Night. Oh, yeah, that's what it's called. The Night and Quail. Saw Murphy Brown. Look at these people up there. Van Quayle was a heartbeat away from the presidency. Boy, I guess on Wednesday we're going to have to like go back and replay all the old stuff, including stuff we can't play anymore. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's see how long we stay on here on Wednesday. For example. Okay, well, some of those sounds in there sound like somebody was squeezing the bag. Maybe Mo. That's all they were. Just raspberries, man. We're just razzing you. Despite his busy reality, lack of prominence in films he enjoyed in TV, Darren McGavin were registered strongly in featured roles, such as the young artist in Venice in Summertime, David Lean's 55 film with Catherine Hepburn and Rosano Brazzi. Frank Sinatra's crafty drug supplier and the man with the golden arm, Jerry Lewis's parole officer in The Delicate Delinquent, and the gambler Gus Sands in the 84's The Natural that starred Robert Redford. He also starred alongside... Oh, no! You are not going to believe this. Yeah, you all, I want you to grab the sides of your chair right now. All right, I'll grab something. Oh! Ooh. He also starred alongside Don Knotts, who died uh. Friday night in the 76 family comedy No Deposit, No Return. How do you like that? Dun, 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 dun. How do you like that? Maybe it's one of those cursed movies, like, uh, what was the one? James Dean movie? Giant? Re- uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Wasn't that the one where all the people died in it? They did. Wasn't Natalie Wood in that? Yeah, and, and Sal Mineo. There you go. And that's, James Dean. Yeah, that's the one. And Jim Backus. See? Here's our good faxing friend, Carolyn, who says, Congratulations, I've listened to you since WKAT and followed you to every station except for that depressing trip to Nashville. It was only a month, Carolyn. It seemed like ten years. So glad when you came back. Me too. 
I remember leaving night law school classes, listening to you and listening to morning uh, Zeta while driving to work. Also, I remember the day of WYOD when you said you were changing your format, would have no more guests. That wasn't WYOD with WYNZ, but that's okay. Stan was with you. Oh, Stan. Stan Major. I, you know something? I just realized I got my retirement fund ready right now. <laughs> Woke up at 2 p.m., face down in a gutter. My mouth tasted like mung. My brain was like butter. Crawled up on my feet and brushed myself off. Lit up a stogie. <laughs> Started to cough. Reached in my pocket. Pulled out my trusty AM radio. Got ready for the evening with a Stan Major show. <laughs> wow. Good old Captain Dave. He's still alive, I think. Anyway, so it was, uh, you were changing format, having no more guests. Stan was with you. There's so many great and funny memories like that funeral for the other radio station. The uh, WS News cruise we had when we put WNWS to bed. That was, we were at IOD, and we took the tombstone that we put in front of their building over there, which is right across the street. That, and isn't that ironic? That's where the, uh, the, the ticket is now, Greg Kotex. There's a tombstone that's been in front of that building. It'll probably be coming back again soon. The soon-to-be-back stone. Also, I met you years ago, and I'm your age, one week older, moving back to Pittsburgh this spring because I hate South Florida now, too. Not a good choice, Carolyn. Even Pittsburgh's a big improvement. I'll keep listening to you on the Internet, though. Have a great Wednesday. Thanks, Carolyn. Best of luck. Thanks for the memories. Oh, brother. A lot of pressure. I think I'm going to need another vacation here pretty soon. It sounds like Thursday at 12.50 <laughs> is a good time to start, huh? Love those Marlins. They're coming back. Even though our team is going to be a dreck. Well, I tell you, can't complain about the quality of the sports teams in South Florida because, generally speaking, there ain't any. How are the Heat doing, by the way, Josh? Are they winning any games? or? Yeah, they're doing well. They are doing well. That's good. Like I said, we love the Heat. In fact, that's why Wednesday we got Pat Riley on. We got Eric Reed on talking through his teeth. We got all that crap on. Oh, look at that. Bush leaves uh, Tuesday for India and Pakistan. Let's hope he don't come back. Please, just, no, we don't wish you any ill. Just don't come back, please. For continued. Yeah, continue the BS. What is the oddest name in sports today? Dick Trickle leading the pack 163. I hate this pool 98. I hate sports 63. They hate everybody. And that's why I hate South Florida. Everybody hates everybody else. Coco Crisp 55, Peekaboo Street 43, Dick Pound 39. And after that, although Plexico Burris deserves a mention every time, don't you think? Sure. Plaxico's got 17. Hey, Plaxi, how you be, Plaxi? And what about uh, Johannes Hairbear? He's got a pair. <laughs> huh? No Johannes Hairbear, okay? He's got a pair. I have something I probably ought to say about yeah. that, but I better not. George no. might be monitoring today. You never know. First day back. Not a good idea to get suspended two days before your 30th anniversary. This Friday is Sunday. Neil Rogers. This is 560 GAS. I don't have a clue. There's a lot of odd and interesting fetishes out there. Men sometimes pay me just so they can lick my feet. Men sometimes pay me just so they can lick my feet. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of places where people can go to experience their fetishes firsthand. Which is why we finally created America's most long-awaited theme park, Fetishland. Check out Batman and Floggin, the attraction for the S&M crowd. Yes, Batman. May I have another? And the Tower of Pleather. Man, I thought getting dressed up in rubber was exciting. And of course, Yellow Splash Mountain. Um... 
fetish land. No matter what you're into, you can get into it here. All video cameras in the park are posted for security purposes only. Check out Fetishland TV coming soon. It's 11:17, but uh, Ricky Martin really uh, brought that old thing back. You know it again? Yeah. That golden. Anyway, Neil Rogers marks his 30th year on South Florida Radio. About 30, man. Thank you, Kevin Baxter. Not a bad piece. It says he hates his boss, which is not, you see, the very, the very first sentence here, I guess, is meant to be uh, dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit dated now. I don't hate this boss. I just am uh, a little bit leery, you know? He talks a good game. Now, he's talking about the previous boss, and that would be correct. He hates his boss. He hates his coworkers, which is oh, absolutely incorrect, and hates his neighbors so much he moved. I don't even know my neighbors, and let's keep it that way, to another country. Okay, so Neil Rogers isn't a people person. He is, however, an unparalleled entertainer, which is why on Tuesday he'll finish his 30th year about 30, man. at South Florida Radio, or about 29 years, 335 days longer than he expected he'd last. I would have been happy to make it 30 days at the beginning, Rogers said. His early listeners were more generous. Some of them told him he'd probably last six months. But Rogers, of course, outlasted them all, and not just on the radio. Most of those people are pushing up daisies now, Roger 63, the midday personality of WQAM AM 560, says from his home in Toronto, eh? In retrospect, it's kind of interesting. But it may soon be coming to an end since Roger's promises this week's anniversary will be the last major milestone of his radio career. His contract with WQM, which has already been extended three times, expires in December 2008, and there will be no mo extensions, he says. Well, that is, unless they want to pay me a lot more. That's enough, Roger says. By the time I get through, I'll be 66 years old and collecting Social Security. If I have to keep working at that point, no way. Unless, of course, they want to pay me. I've been uh, lucky. I'm making enough money. I, I can't read this last line. I'm, um, I don't know what the hell. Put a lot of it away so I don't have to uh, worry about working until I croak, which I certainly don't want to do. Although, we get a, we get a big tune in the audience so we can promote that ahead of time. And then that guy would come to my funeral. And measure you for your I hope that guy's listening today. Okay, you are a jackass, sir. You're an idiot. Okay, if that's your life is attending funerals of well-known people, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his hobby. He goes to funerals. Oh, he's like the Phelpses. I have no life. God. Yet no matter when or how it ends, there's no doubt Roger's career in South Florida has been an interesting one. From its happenstance start on the side of a highway near Yuma, Arizona, to a show we know is mostly from a bedroom studio in his Toronto home, eh? In between its featured jobs at a half dozen stations, jumps from AM to FM and back again, coming out of the closet on the air, Yay. and eventually becoming the last survivor of what was once the nation's most vibrant talk radio market. What was once the nation's most vibrant talk radio market. And he did all of the show about, well, about nothing, really. It's Neil's ranting for four hours. It's just him, says Adam Jacobson, radio editor for the Trade Journal Radio and Records, and a Miami native who once worked with the, uh, worked the South Florida Airways. We know Adam Jacobson? I don't. I remember the other Jacobson. What that was his name? Mark. Mark Jacobson. Very good. I've been trying to forget for a long time. That awful, embarrassing Kendall Toyota mm-hmm. show. Don Cox, rest in peace. Some people are saying to themselves, aren't people getting tired of this already? But what else are you going to get if you want something different and goofy and irreverent? Remember, it's all about entertaining the listeners, says Adam, whoever he is. Do we know Adam? No. Who? And Rogers has been doing that since his first stab at broadcasting when, as a child, he entertained himself by calling baseball play-by-play in front of the family TV set in Rochester, New York. His parents managed a sporting goods store, but Rogers, born Nelson Roger Behelferichus, found his escape in radio, dreaming of being a DJ or sports announcer. Didn't he, well, how come we don't put in Solomon and Udalevich, too? He, his first paid radio job was spinning records at a tiny daytime station in Canandaigua, New York. WCGR, baby! All the heavy hits, all the Montevani you could stomach. 
And from there, he went on to study broadcasting in Michigan State, dropping out after two years to go on here as a sportscaster and rock DJ. I wouldn't say dropping out was the right the term. Just uh, being uninvited to come back. Well, you don't go to any classes. You're busy drinking beer all night. And, uh, you know, go away. Okay. Radio jobs tend to end quicker than celebrity romances, however. Rogers did his share of moving, going from Batavia, New York, to Albion, Michigan, to Marshall, Michigan, to Sturgis, Michigan, to Sarasota, and finally on to WJNO West Palm Beach, 1975. He was on the road again, this time heading to a station in Yuma, Arizona, when he pulled over to, the, to phone home. It wasn't really to phone home, it was to phone Ma. It was the call that changed his life in Miami Radio forever. WKAT in Miami Beach called, Roger's mother told him, they want you, Nels. So Rogers made a U-turn, headed back to Florida, debuting on WKT's afternoon drive time show on March 1st, 1976. Everyone expected it would be a short stay. Most of the audience was dead plus ten, Rogers said. There was a lot of hostility, a lot of angry old farts on the beach. You're never going to make it, okay? You fagala, you're never going to last a month. You piece of crap. You mamala, you. But despite the hostile audience, less than nine months into his stay at WKAT, Rogers decided to come out as a homosexual during a show. You fairy. Oh, my God. I had typed up a statement I was going to read on here, and I gave it to station manager Sid Levin to read, and his eyes rolled around a little bit. He looked at me and said, fine, whatever, Rogers recalled. That's pretty much what he said, you know. He said, it's up to you. Then he spent the rest of the day, Sid did, keeping the lady who owned the station on the phone so she wouldn't hear the show. That's a true story. Sid was on the phone all day with you, Cola Katzentine. You feel rich now, Neil? <laughs> Cheap bitch. It was a courageous decision given the times and Rogers' tenuous job security, but it also established a trend. Rogers would use his microphone to say whatever he wanted, when he wanted, and if he didn't like it, he'd show you how to turn the dial. Judging from his audience numbers, few have taken him up on that offer. Rogers has dominated his lucrative target demographic, men aged 25 to 54 since he first signed on in Miami, and in his last eight years at WQM, where he's finished atop the quarterly Arbitron rankings in every ratings period. He is the most consistent performer among men, 25-54, that this market has ever seen, says Duff Lindsay. You fairy! A former QM program director, now chief sales executive for the Rogers Show. In other words, he's been demoted twice. Screwed over. By the way, uh, nice job, Clarence. You really effed over a Duff. That's why Rogers earns more than $1.1 million a year. Sounds a little bit low to me. Making him one of the highest-paid broadcasters in Florida any medium, it's also why Rogers can get away with ranting about his boss, his co-workers, politicians, religion, basically anything he feels like ranting about. They don't let me do it because these people are in love with me or because they want to hear me do it, Rogers says the management at QAM, but they realize it's part of my appeal and they have to let me do it. A lot of it is just shtick, but that's what the audience expects. It's part of my personality on the air, it's part of what I do, and of course there are always several grains of truth to it, especially when I'm talking about the sales department. There are a lot of grains of truth to it. Multigrain, like a cereal man, multigrain. In fact, they kind of like uh, rub everybody the wrong way, going against the grain. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Kind of my way of needling and getting a shot in here and there, he said. I said. The target of much of Roger's ire these days is South Florida. Absolutely. And that part is not shtick. Roger's dislike of the area is so strong, he now does most of his shows from Canada, a move WQM facilitated by installing a state-of-the-art studio in his Toronto home. And one that works every day, by the way, this fine little studio here, because there's nobody here to potchkey around with it and screw it up. I love it here, says Rogers, who keeps track of South Florida by reading voraciously, then checking as many as six websites during commercial breaks. This has extended my life at least ten years. I hate South Florida. People know what I say it on the air. Let me say it again. I hate South Florida like poison. It's a nightmare. It's an outdoor septic tank. The people are just very hostile and very unfriendly and paranoid. If you say hello to somebody in an elevator or anything, it's like, what do you want? What are you looking for? Here, it's just the opposite. 
Maybe huh. it sounds corny to people, but at least people here, most of them are civilized. They're polite, eh? Except the ones that are, like, <laughs> shooting people, but that's just a small minority. Minority? Least, what? A minority. You starting again with that uh, cra crash deal again? Yeah, I'm crashing into the wall. Yeah. What a great movie. And at least listeners in South Florida are civilized enough not to take those barbs personally. Or maybe they agree with them. Either way, they listen because in the final analyzation, the curmudgeonly Rogers is entertaining addictively so. I've often thought, I wonder if I could do what Neil does, says Rick Shaw of WXMX Magic, who with 45 years in a market is the only person who's been on the South Florida dial longer than Rogers. So much of what I... Let's tip our hat to Ricky Ticky Shaw. How do you like that? As a matter of fact, there's a special tribute that's going to last for about two seconds, if I can find it. Here it is. Is that, is that emotional or what? It's a lie. I, I am not eat. a Nazi. There you go. I got a tear. I wish I had the drop where he says, it's just shock radio. I don't think we have that anymore. I don't, I don't know where that is. It took, it took Rick a little while to kind of like uh, cozy up to it. Ricky Ticky says, so much of what I do is play music, but Neil is there pretty much as the main source of the program. You got it, Rick, baby. It's just me, Motormouth. That's it. Like him or not, he's the best at what he does. Neil doesn't like anybody. See, I, I really resent that. In fact, when I, after the break, I'm going to like list all the people I do like. That'll take about two minutes. No, I mean, why do people say that? It's uh, They'd like to say that. Neil doesn't like anybody. That's just the way it is. But like he says, it's a radio show. It's there to entertain you, to make you smile, to make you laugh. And he does it. He just flat out does it, says Rick Shaw. Thank you, Rick. 45 years out of here spinning all that crap. Man, there's a legend, okay? I'm just, uh, uh, you know, small potatoes. But 45 years for the same smelly cat. Nice call, Rick. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Neil, this is Randy West. And as per our phone conversation, I talked to Peter North the other day. He tells me your real name is Neil Down. And he still ain't interested. Tonight on Fox, American Idol. Yes. Star George Bush sings the Who. Talking about generation. Talking about generation. Before we grow old. Talking about generation. generation. We don't get fooled again. We can't get fooled again. What do you think of me? It just was terrible, dude. Don't sing ever anymore. Don't. Stop singing. Nice play. Thanks. You're very nice. If I were you, I'd phone up the war department, <laughs> volunteer your services, because you've just invented a new form of torture. I have never ordered torture. American Idol. Denied on Fox. Abu Ghraib. 11.31. We did do the... Uh, yeah, we just did it. Did it. I'm going so fast, I can't even keep up. Know, I'm ahead of myself, crossing out breaks we haven't done yet, and today's just the opposite. 29 till noon, we got Bo for uh, Mo, who ain't here no Mo, for uh, two to foe, in the revolving door. See, that, that's, you know, just uh, here it's already the first of March on Wednesday, mm -hmm. and we're still potching around, and bada beep, bada boop, bada, and we got like, uh, I don't know. Not too crazy about that whole deal. We got Bo today and tomorrow, which I'm really especially not too crazy about. Then we got Geldy on uh, Wednesday, and then the Marlin game on Thursday. Thanks, God. Doug Thompson, Capitol Hill Blue. George was right on top of this baby last week. Secret Service agents say Cheney was drunk <coughs> when he shot Lawyer. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. In fact, uh, you know, 
the, the way the whole thing was pieced together, and they gave plenty of time to get their stories straight, you know, and then plenty of time to sober up and That's right. all of these. Yeah. Secret Service agents guarding Vice President Dick Cheney when he shot Texas lawyer Harry Whittington on a hunting outing two weeks ago say Cheney was clearly inebriated at the time of the shooting. <laughs> inebriated. Drunk as a skunk. Pie face. Agents observed several members of the hunting party, including the vice president, consuming booze before and during the hunting expedition, before and during, right. the report notes, and Cheney exhibited visible signs of impairment, including slurred speech and erratic actions. Oh, like, uh, like shooting the wrong person, things like that. According to those who have talked with the agents and others present at the outing, Cheney was drunk when he gunned down his friend at, at the uh, day and a half, and the day and a half delay in allowing Texas law enforcement officials on the ranch where the shooting occurred gave all members of the hunting party plenty of time to sober up. We talked with a number of administration officials who are privy to inside information on the vice president's shooting so-called accident, and all admit Secret Service agents and others say they saw Cheney consume far more than the one beer he claimed he drank at lunch earlier that day. <laughs> this was a South Texas hunt, says one White House aide. Of course there was drinking. There's always drinking lots of it. One agent at the scene has been placed on administrative leave. Another requested reassignment this week. A memo reportedly written by one agent has been destroyed, sources said last Wednesday. The memo written by one of the Secret Service agents was destroyed. I can't imagine why. Ooh. Can you? Shredder. They probably have one of those in Cheney's ambulance that they carry around. Cheney has a long history of alcohol abuse, including two convictions of driving under the influence when he was younger. Doctors tell me that someone like Cheney who's taking blood thinners because of his history of heart attacks could get legally drunk now after consuming just one drink. If Cheney was legally drunk at the time of the shooting, he could be guilty of a felony under Texas law, and the shooting, ruled an accident by a compliant Kennedy County Sheriff, would be a prosecutable offense. But we'll never know for sure because the owners of the Armstrong Ranch, where the shooting occurred, barred the Sheriff's Department from the property on the day of the shooting, and Kennedy County Sheriff Raymond Salinas III agreed to wait till the next day to send deputies in to talk to those involved. Anyone can do that, right? Like if there's a shooting on my property, right. like if the you have been there within five minutes. Asking you to toe the line. Sheriff's Captain Charles Kirk says he went to the Armstrong Ranch immediately after the shooting was reported Saturday, February 11th, but both he and a game warden were not allowed on the 50,000-acre property. He called Salinas, who told him to forget about it and return to the station. I told him, don't worry about it. I'll make a call, Salinas said. The sheriff claims he called another deputy <coughs> who moonlights at the Armstrong Ranch said he was told it was just an accident and made the decision to wait until Sunday to investigate. Right. We've known these people for years. They're honest, and they wouldn't uh, call us telling us a lie, Salinas said. Right. Like all elected officials in Kennedy County, Salinas owes his job to the backing and financial support of Catherine Armstrong, owner of the ranch and the county's largest employer. The county, the Armstrongs rule Kennedy County like a fiefdom, says a former employee. Secret Service officials also like a Barney fiefdom. Secret Service officials also took possession of all tests on Whittington's blood at the hospitals where he was treated for his wounds. When asked if a blood alcohol test had been performed on Whittington, the doctors who treated him at Christus Spahn Hospital Memorial in Corpus Christi or the hospital in Kingsville refused to answer. One admits privately he was ordered by the Secret Service to never discuss the case with the press. Never discuss the case with the press. It's a sure bet that it's a private doctor who treated the victim of Cheney's reckless and drunken actions. Can't talk to the public that any evidence shows the vice president, drunk as a skunk, will never see the light of day. And that's, that's all you'll hear about it. Doug Thompson, CapitalHillBlue.com, is on our website. That's all you'll hear. You won't hear the mainstream media. Because the mainstream media doesn't give a crap, okay? They don't want to go too far. They're owned by the same Carlisle freaking group. They don't want to be sent to Gitmo, okay? To get Gitmo for their money. 
All about your... Uh, I'm waiting for Lou Dobbs to go crazy about this. Come on, Lou. <laughs> Get off of that Arab uh, port deal already, will you? Please quit messing with the UAE. With our close personal friends who don't recognize Israel, and, of course, who had a couple of the terrorists there in 9-11, and also who funded the 9-11 terrorists, just like our friends the Saudis. Bush talking about all of our good friends. And when uh, there's Joe Klein, we don't want to piss off the uh, Arab street. <laughs> That's a yeah. funny line. I'm sorry. Well, you see, you don't watch the gambling channel. No, That's I don't. The term they always use about. Uh, oh, oh, I know the the street thing as far as yeah. uh, those those right. things go. Oh, the, the Arab, Arab street. street. In other words, what the average uh, Ishmael and Mohammed are saying out there on the street under their uh, shmatas. That's the Arab <laughs> street. What 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 the Arab uh, women are mumbling uh, mumbling out of their burqas <laughs> like that? Yeah. Now I see now you're doing the Indian thing again. Hey, it's all the same. Those poor Indian cab drivers. George Michael in drugs arrest. How do you like that? Oh, Audrey, I'm so shocked. Yeah. She's got problems. She's got her issues. You fairy. British singer George Michael was arrested yesterday on suspicion of possessing drugs after he was found slumped over in a car in central London, a police source said. Michael, 42, has sold more than 80 million records worldwide, and God only knows why, during a 25-year career, was arrested in the Hyde Park area after uh, of the Capitol early Sunday. A London police spokesman issued a statement saying the 42-year-old man had been held on suspicion of possessing Class C drugs, a group in British law that includes cannabis tranquilizers and some painkillers. Cannabis, oy vey. We were called by a member of the public to, uh, to a man seen slumped over the steering wheel of a car, the statement said. He was arrested on suspicion of possession of controlled substances. He was bailed to return to a police station in late March pending a police investigation. His manager and publicist could not be reached for comment. They're mum. Under British law, anyone convicted of having Class C drugs can be jailed for up to two years and face an unlimited fine, according to the Home Office of the Interior Ministry website. And, of course, George Michael knows that Interior Ministry inside and out. Cute. In a front-page report, the Sun newspaper said the singer was found in a dark-colored Range Rover parked on Hyde Park Corner, one of central London's busiest intersections. The unsourced report said he was taken into police custody, was examined by a doctor. He had his photo and fingerprints taken released after more than seven hours, the report said. And yada, yada, yada. Not a coach. Miss Michael, she's got issues again, you know? Yay. I lived a tough life. Only wishes he'd have been around when George, when, what's his name, Tab Hunter and the Tony Perkins were doing their thing. Oh, those the salad days? Or each other's thing, yeah. Five, six, seven, and we haven't taken any calls yet. You know what? Wow, this uh, is really something special. I don't see any coming in either, which is probably just as well. They must know I have this humongous pile. Or the, or the phones aren't working. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rule that out working? at this point. No, I said or. Oh. Oh. I, I hear Dalton. I don't. Oh, it's the uh, the wrong thing. Still, the lights would have would have been lighting up. It's I'm going to the other phone thing. We are going to have to uh, reset oh, the new premise again. Oh boy! Sure, remember. Uh, yeah, we got some it. real big changes coming here at QAM, baby. We got new management. We got a whole fresh new attitude. Nothing works though. Sales department is still the same bunch of uh, slackers. Todd Dreck comes in here this morning uh, after Hank turned him down doing some account, trying to pedal it off on me. Some uh, I, w- I wouldn't dream of doing. Oh, you got a dial tone? Oh, no, no, mine puts him up line. on the air. Let's see if this one works. No, no. it's going to the other thing. Well, well, what other thing? What is this other thing it's, you uh, talking about? Your computer's going to have to be reset, unfortunately. What, what does that mean? Because that's that's what has to happen oh, when no, this happens. Let me, just, let me just do something. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's in the wrong mode. Payala? That's what was going on when I, when I was having the same problem. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Let's see, like he said. I'm punching it. I'm pressing it. And no, now it's going you're on. You're in the wrong oh, mode. Wait. It's doing all sorts of nifty things. 
Up on the top, up on the top, does it say mode? Yeah. Studio console mode up across the top. It says Piala mode. Hmm. It says assistant producer. Oh yeah, mode. Yeah. And uh, what does it say after mode after the arrow? It doesn't say anything. Oh well, it should say talent. Oh, we did this once before. I forget how we do that. Configuration. Uh, Desktop director mode. Uh, it says <laughs> mode producer. Well, you need to be in mode talent. Well, how do I do that? How do I change it? Reset your computer. What do you mean reset my computer? Well, do this. Go to uh, the desktop director one and check DD2. That might do it. Configuration desktop director, check DD2. That that thing ain't coming down. That ain't coming down? Hit it. Huh? Hit it again. It ain't coming down. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Other than reset the computer. What? Other than reset the computer. Okay, well, I'll do it during the break. This is, this is WQM. Yeah, this is all Ladies last week. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know... This is the epitome of this radio station, okay? And they can keep changing uh, managers and program directors and operations managers from now until the cows come home. This place continues setting new lows in the history of broad chasing. It is unbelievable. This is WQMD. Un, 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 The tale of two rock and rollers past their prime. What's happening? Straight out of Detroit, Rock City. This is Kid Rock. What's up? I'm Scott Stapp. And the secret no one knew. I don't spend a lot of money on videos. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Is it true love or something more? Higher. Right here. I think you turn the cameras on and you put, you put the thought into the video and not the money. They call each other pet names. Blind mama. Cheap Dig it. And no one understands what these two share. That's where my stage sets are, and that's where my videos are. Sometimes the simplest things matter most. Play one of my songs. I just don't think that's necessary. Grammy-winning singers Kid Rock and Scott Stapp star in Brokeback Rockstar. Hey, it's good to be the king. 14 till noon, it's good to be the queen, too, I'll tell you that. That phone is working now because I got diarrhea jiggered it. Good. Listen. You're at? I well, there are no calls coming in. That's why I went to it right away, so I can get moved on. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't feel like taking any right now. I mean, it would be nice to take maybe one or two on Wednesday, but I don't. I don't uh, feel the need. I don't feel compelled. Well, keep feeling. Now, speaking about the Dead Eye Dick's life support system, since you mentioned it just moments ago. That's right. Dave Lindorf and Counterpunch. Did you put this story on there? Did I do it? I don't remember what happened I yesterday, man. I've done it. Well, you didn't put too many on there Saturday because uh, Josh... Uh, I said about 70 altogether on Saturday. He, uh, maybe, maybe that's why he stopped putting them on there. Maybe uh, you were a little over the top, you know? Possibly. Yeah. You get a little... I mean, it's one thing to be conscientious. It's another thing to be overly conscientious, like obsessive. Hey, they were all important. Or maybe you were just trying to make up for the fact you allowed Beth to uh, snooker you in. It was that, all me, man. Don't here blame her. I could have said was, no. What do you mean, don't blame her? I blame I both said of you. No. How's that? I give you a pity-pity. You could have said no, and you should have said no, but she shouldn't have come in the first place. Don't play this silly thing, Beth, about you don't know the rules. You don't know the game. All you want to do is whore the show, that's all. Whore the show. You blame her? Beth. Well, what, what does that mean? Everybody wants I, to whore the show. I heard from Mr. Midget this morning. Well, you know, it's awfully tough out there. Things are, you know, how it is out there. Mr. Wah. 
Oh. Todd Dreck. Yeah, I know how it is out there. People see you and they go running. They see you come in, they put the closed sore on the, do- uh, the sign on the dough. Anyway, can I read this or not? Are we going to have to go through this whole... Oh, here's one call. WQAM, hello. No. Yes, sir. Hey, um, am I sure you're aware of it, but uh, tomorrow, the 30th anniversary of the edition of Network is being released. Really? Yeah, it not only has a new master print, a much clearer than the earlier release, but it's got six features, including interviews with Peter Finch and Penn Finch. I was mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh, oh exactly. Right. And, and, and the, and the, uh, the Chayefsky and the Finch, uh, Finch interviews were off of uh, the old Diamond Shore show, if you can believe that. Wow. Amazing. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America and all this stuff. Anyway, yeah, so it's out tomorrow, and it's, uh, and it's only 19.99, which is a bargain, too. Thanks a lot, Pally. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. I'll pick it up. Thanks for the heads up and the heads down. And the head up and down. Uh, lost amid all the heavy breathing by the mainstream press reporters who have gotten so worked up over the vice presidential shooting is the story of the vice presidential ambulance. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. How many of us knew that the country's vice president, a man that most politically aware citizens know as the country's real leader behind the scenes, is so health impaired that he always travels with a fully staffed ambulance, including heart specialist in tow? This is the real secret, not the 14-hour reporting delay regarding Cheney's shooting of his hunting buddy that's been kept from the American people not for hours but for years. The fact is the nation's vice president and de facto leader is so frail and so close to death's door, while perhaps heartening to some who see him as the architect of the warmongering madness currently gripping the nation's policy-making establishment, should surely have been a major topic of conversation during the 2004 election, but nobody mentioned it. Just like nobody other than Doug Thompson's mentioning the fact that he was drunk as a skunk when he shot his uh, hunting buddy. It's also worth pointing out that this same administration that's spending what must be millions of dollars on a mobile cardiac unit to travel with the vice president is calling for cuts in Medicare and Medicaid that will force poor Americans and the elderly to make do with second-tier medications for such things as heart conditions. There seems to be a story there. The corporate media is patting itself on the back for its aggressive pursuit of the Harry Whittington shooting incident by the vice president. But why didn't the White House press corps tell us long ago about the vice president's medical squad? While we're at it, why are these reporters able to get so worked up and aggressive when it comes to a pretty inconsequential vice president shooting incident, yet they can't seem to bring themselves to ask the president or vice president about the latest British memo showing that Bush was not only completely committed to war against Iraq in July 2002, but actually suggested to Prime Minister Tony Blair that he might have U.S. planes painted in U.N. colors shot down over Iraq as a pretext to invade. U.S. planes painted in U.N. colors shot down over Iraq as a pretext to invade. That would be like letting 9-11 happen. This story, or making it happen, this story, much more important than the VP's bad marksmanship, has been blacked out in the U.S. by our selectively diligent Fourth Estate practitioners. The unfortunate upshot of all... Oh, and by the way, David Gregory of NBC, you are such a quizzling man. You should have seen him backtracking and waffling on Meet the Press after that little press conference, remember? Where he got into it with mm-hmm. Scott McClellan. Oh, I apologize, and I should have reacted that way, and I should have... Oh, God. You're such a wimp, man. They must, they must have made him an offer he couldn't refuse. David Gregory, my ass. He's turning into another Dana Bash. You know, Lou Dobbs went, went to her for some uh, stupid report in front of the White House a couple days ago. And she started doing her usual way. She, you know, she's got the shrunken head. Have you ever seen Dana Bash? She's yeah, a shrunken yeah. head. Yeah. She kind of looks like uh, Ann Coulter, man Coulter, if you ask me. Yeah, a, a, a shrunken head Ann Coulter, Jr. 
And she started, like, waffling and doing the excuse-making about the uh, airplane. And uh, Lou Dobbs cut her off right mid-sentence. So thank you uh, very wow. much, uh, Dana. And uh, that was the end of her. And she had this shocked look on her face like, uh, that's it? You that's go, it, Lou. bitch. Anyway, getting back to this uh, last paragraph in this article here about uh, Dead-Eye Dick and his ambulance. The unfortunate upshot of all this misdirected uh, repertorial zeal is that Cheney will now probably be dissuaded from going hunting anymore. What we should be doing is leaving the guy alone in hopes that he'll make more trips to the Armstrong Ranch in the company of key neocon strategists, new Supreme Court members, and key Senate and House leaders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're talking, baby. Some more duck hunting trips with uh, Judge Scalia shouldn't be ruled out, especially very soon. It would be a good idea. He could take the, uh, you know, half the Supreme Court with him. Yeah. I bet you can have a real good time with uh, Clarence Token Thomas. Go get, that, go get that bird out there, would you, Clarence? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good old Clarence Token Thomas. Catch, catch the bird. No matter how you spell that. Catch that bird. T-O-K-E-N-T-O-K-I-N. Grab some ass, Clarence. Come on. Hey, there we go. Hey, y'all. My name is Clarence Eugene Thomas, President Bush's nominee for the Supreme Court. And you know, there's lots of people out there that think just us. I smoked a little marijuana when I was in college. Yeah, it wasn't nothing but a pen joint. Hell, yeah, maybe a cigar side joint. I don't remember y'all. Then they don't think I'm fit to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I got the bunch. Let's do this quick and get out of here. I want to set y'all straight. When I stop reviewing the law, I don't just review the law. Hell, y'all. I've been talking. And I talk it to the east. And I talk it to the west. And I talk it while I look up Sandra Day O'Connor's dress. All right. I'll be talking. <laughs> Let's go burn one, y'all. 11.53, 7 till noon at WQAM on a Monday, February 27th. We got the phone working now. We got this going. We got that going. Disco. Yeah. Actually, I uh, did that all on my own during the break. I just uh, I was uh, flipping in the wrong place. You know? I never flip in the wrong place. Where'd you find your flip it? And I slipped that baby down there, and I flipped my magic twanger, and just like just like that, there was. <laughs> Al Qaeda says we infiltrated the UAE government. What a surprise! Okay, Al Qaeda is going to be in charge of the ports in the USA, including Miami. By the way, the, the story you just read in this one, if uh, if you sent those to Josh, then uh, they're on there twice because I remember both of those. That's For what okay. it's worth, they're, they're good enough to be posted twice. They're good enough to be on there every day, especially the one about uh, Cheney being drunk and about the mm-hmm. one about his ambulance. That's right. I posted the other one, too, where... Uh, Which all you taxpayers, all you suckers out there are paying for an ambulance to, uh, you know, a portable right. hospital there because your vice president's got a real bad ticker. He takes a licking, but he keeps on ticking. What the hell movie did I see John Cameron Swayze in there? What movie was he in? Oh, he was in uh, Facing the Crowd. Okay. And he was doing a report on NBC News about the character Andy Griffith. What that was the name, character he played? I don't know. I didn't see it. It's sitting on my dresser. No, it's um, Lonesome Roads. No relation to Randy Roads. Or Dusty Roads. Or Dusty Roads. Lonesome Roads. And like like I said, it it was okay, but he just got uh, more and more over the top and out of control and... Uh, you, I, I would urge you to watch it, and I'd be interested in uh, hearing what you have to say. It's, it's, it's okay, but it's way over the top. Sometime this week, maybe tomorrow. I mean, obviously, Peter Finch was over the top in Network, but uh, well, that, that's what made it so right. great. That was the idea. It was supposed to be but great. But in this one, it seemed like everybody was over the top, including his uh, wild sidekick there, that stumble bum sidekick uh, with a tie-on that uh, kept playing the applause machine. At any rate, you'll see it. 
Al-Qaeda warned the government of the United Arab Emirates more than three years ago that it infiltrated key government agencies according to a disturbing document released by the U.S. military. It infiltrated key government agencies. The warning was contained in a June 2002 message to UAE rulers in which the... And by the way, speaking of democracy, they got a really good one over there, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the Saudis. <laughs> democracy, freedom's on a march. Civil war in Iraq. Like somebody once said, somebody poked the hornet's nest down. They don't know how to get the bees back in the uh, beeswax. The warning was contained in a June 2002 message to UAE rulers in which the terror network demanded the release of an unknown number of Mujahideen detainees who it said has been arrested by a government crackdown in the aftermath of 9-11 attacks. The explosive document, this is in the New York Post, the explosive document is certain to become ammunition for critics of the controversial UAE port deal who fear the Dubai-based firm could be used by terrorists to sneak money and personnel into the USA. Little is known about the origins or authorship of the message. You're well aware that we've infiltrated your security, censorship, and monetary agencies, along with other agencies that should not be mentioned, the message said. Therefore, we warn the continuation of practicing policies which do not serve your interest and will only cost you many problems that will place you in an embarrassing state before your citizens. Embarrassing state, like Florida. Your homeland is exposed to us. There are many vital interests that will hurt you if you decided to harm them. The document was among a batch of international of internal al-Qaeda communications captured by U.S. forces in the war on terror. They were declassified and released earlier this month by the Center for Combating Terrorism at West Point. How do you like that? I don't. So I think we ought to put al-Qaeda in charge of the ports and uh, the airports. What do you say? And the Secret Service. Secret Service. All the uh, food distributors. Mm-hmm. Just like the old cheese had Tommy Thompson once said, I just can't believe they haven't poisoned our food yet. This what are they waiting Neil for? Rogers. This is 560 QAM. This is Dick Cheney. I like to relax by having Mary Magdalene massage my balls while listening to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> hey. All right. Ever since I was a young boy, I played the Powerball. I choose my lucky numbers, but never hit it all. I ain't seen one damn penny, not one as I recall. Got some advice for you, folks. Don't pay to play Powerball. I'm buying up those quick picks, I'm spending all my green. Pulling money from my wallet, that always leaves me clean. I'm off by 20 digits. With every ball that falls, I'm in death thanks to my picks. And don't pay to play Powerball. Yeah, I'm a Powerball loser. Each number I have missed. But this Powerball loser's got gambling that persists. Yeah, big sinners, man. You see those eight meat packers out in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. I, I thought somebody you know, really hit it big, got $365 million. Was going to become a real oh, big a whole bunch of them. And after they run it through the uh, the formula, they each get what, like fifteen million? Fifteen and a half million. Which I would I would throw take. it back. I'd, I'd be so pissed <laughs> off. I'd, I'd throw it back like a fish. No, I'd uh, I'd take it. Fifteen and a half million, my ass. And we're thinking that one guy at three hundred and sixty-five million. First of all, divide three sixty-five, just three sixty, by eight. Okay. You it's divide. Forty. Uh, what? I said you divide it. About four. About forty-five million apiece. Okay. So they're getting fifteen and a half million. Yeah, because they could take the uh, they're taking the right. Right, no, sum. see, this is the scam of the lottery That's in America, right. including the Florida lottery. You not only don't get the full amount, you get to take if you want it all in one lump sum, as opposed to an annuity which takes like twenty or thirty years. Uh, they give you like a fraction of what you're supposed to get, and then on top of it, you have to pay taxes on it. 
What a joke. Oh, look at that. There's those, uh, look at the nice caps on the Hamas, man. The nice green caps. Uh, 120 million euros. That's 140 million dollars. 60 million. They would look really spiffy at the Olympics, you know what? I guess those uh, <laughs> Palestinians don't do too many winter sports, though. I think they do the luge. Uh, yeah. No, I think it's a bush that's luging. Now, I'm looking at this picture on Tropical Life. I just went to the picture they used to get. I'm noticing, I hadn't noticed this before, that my middle digit is the one that's kind of like sticking up in the air. I think that's a Oh, message. they took the picture out of here. Out of where? Well, I had a copy of the cover. And, well, uh, can't you just go online? I, I mean, I, I can. can. You can't go to the MiamiHerald.com? Jesus Christ, man. How come I'm the only one that's like technically epped? Look at how fast I got this damn phone back on. Not that I want to Right use a ton. Are you on Her Tropical Life? I'm on Herald.com. Tropical Life. Click it. And there's that there picture. Look like, uh, huh? And now look at the finger. I hadn't noticed that before. It felt like a finger. Middle finger. Just to, That's a message to the Herald, by the way, okay? Not to Kevin Baxter. He's a good guy. with a photographer lady. She was nice. But uh, that's a message to the Miami Herald. I thought it was your index finger at first. But I guess it ain't. It ain't. It's the middle digit. Look at this story that somebody just faxed in. Police say man hides in bathrooms and drinks boys' urine in Columbus, Ohio. And things used to be pretty normal there until the rumors moved in. Columbus, Ohio, a central Ohio man allegedly told police last week that he likes to drink the urine of adolescent boys. Alan Patton, 54. I wonder what the Peter Clayton would think about that. He'd probably be urining to hear more about it. Ooh. Alan Patton, 54, is in jail after allegedly telling Gahanna, Ohio, police about his affection for urine. He's yearning for urine. Police said Patton goes to family restaurants and movie theaters and waits for boys in a bathroom stall. Investigators said he... Sh oh, no. Careful. He shuts off the water to the child-level urine and puts a cup in the bottom. He goes back All and retrieves right. the cup and oh. drinks the urine. Detective Ron Fithen said, this is a true story. This is from, um, uh, what is it from? NBC6 in Ohio. Whoa. Patton allegedly, <laughs> allegedly told police he leaves the stall after the child leaves. Well, thank God for that. Uh, Fithen interviewed Patton after he was arrested while leaving a movie theater last weekend. Listening to him describe it, it's like listening to a cracker cocaine addict. He's addicted to children's urine, Fithen said. According to police, Patton said he's been drinking urine for years. He told us he's been doing it for over 40 years since he was 7 years old, Fithen said. He said that was the Fithen today. Police said Patton told him it makes him sick, but it's almost spiritual to him. He allegedly added, I like it because it makes me closer to them, like I'm drinking their youth. A new Albany, Ohio father played a role in Patton's arrest. He told someone in a movie theater that Patton was staring at his son in the bathroom. The theater employee then called police. Officials said Patton is a registered sexual predator who was convicted of rape 13 years ago. Police uh, believe Patton's been collecting and drinking urine in cities around central Ohio, including Hillard, Westerville, Dublin, Worthington, and Gahana. The mad uh, urine drinker Ooh. on the loose. Maybe him that? and uh, Ricky Martin could get together. And there you go. They could take showers together. That would be golden. How are we doing on that? Uh, I've got to get off that picture. That, uh, you know, that picture just <laughs> does something to me. The Mae West look. What is the oddest name in sports today? That's our poll question. 715 votes. We got a shot of what, 800? Well, we're not pushing it. I didn't put it on until about 8.30 this morning for some strange reason. I don't know why. Dick Trickle, 191. I hate this pool, 127. Well, guess what, your mama? I hate sports, 73. Coco Crisp, 70. Peekaboo Street, 50. Dick Pound, 45. Dick Buckus, 19. 
Big Pole, 19. Plaxico Burris. You're making these up, right? No, what? You haven't heard of these people? Dick Pound is with the International Olympic Committee. He's the one that said that everybody in the NHL is uh-huh. doing steroids. Who the hell is Dick Pohl? Dick Buckus is a former NFL player. I know player him. He's on TV the all the time, Bears. right? What? Who's Dick Pohl? He was Dick Pohl is a uh, race car driver. He what? usually gets the pole position. I was just going to say. Now, Dick Pohl is a pitching coach. He used to be the pitching coach for the uh, uh, Cubs. Okay. Right, Josh? Didn't he play? Well, yeah, of course. And no pitching coach didn't play, yeah. Once upon a time, about 80 years ago. All right. Jesus, God, man. Plaxico Burris, 18. Kevin Pitznagel, 13. Shaq has got 11. 11 for uh, Shaquille. Mike Krzyzewski, 10. DeBrickishaw Ferguson's got 7. He's moving up nicely. Apollo Ono, 7. Bimbo Cole, 6. Miro Shatan, 6. Yang Yang, 6. Mickey Klutz, 5. Ron Tugnut, 4. Lake Speed, 4. (laughs) Tabucky Jones, 3. Cheryl Pounder, 3. Johannes Hairbear has got (laughs) 2. David Seaman, two. Radic Bonk, it still says Raider. Radic Bonk, two. was a hockey player. Eric has no idea who that is, and neither does anybody else. DA points, two. Ladanian Tomlinson, two. Hey, Laddie. Isn't that what they call him, Laddie? Stick your spoon in it, Laddie. Tobias Angerer, two. Adewell Ogunley. Where did that come from? How do you I, say I that? put that on there. How would you forget that one? Well, yeah, I never heard of that. Adewale Ogunley, he, he was a dolphin. He was? I remember that one. Get out of here. Look at that. George remembers it. No, he doesn't. We had it on promos and whatnot. Ottawa, Gunley, eh? Yeah. If you do, you clean it up. Lance Pitlick won. Ontario Smith won. He's from uh, Alberta. Steve Bowling won. Jay Baller won. Jeff Balls got one. And no votes for Stefan Yell, Carl Dykhouse, Rocco Mediate. He's a golf guy. Takeo Spikes, Joey Godspeed, Peepy Sow. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Jeff Payne, Sean Crooks, or Joey Cheek. Oh, I wonder what Cheek they're talking about. Rectum. Oh, man. So there you go. I just, I still got a very heavy pile, okay? Shy, I, I just feel like uh, maybe just this one day this week, do, do something useful, you know? Okay. Well, let's see. What is what is uh, Doug Thompson doing today? I, I sent this one long. I don't know. I checked Mother's it every day. Mother's politics. Mama plays both sides. Do I have time to read this? This is uh, it's fairly long. Doug Thompson. I'll, I'll put it. I'll stick it in my pile. I'll see. I don't want to overdo it. Especially after the other, the good one he wrote about Dick Cheney being drunk as a skunk in that hunting accident. Iraq's mm. death squads on the brink of civil war. Most of the corpses in Baghdad's mortuary show signs of torture and execution, and the Interior Ministry is being blamed. Isn't it great that we put democracies on the march, freedoms on the march, we put a wonderful government of really tolerant, uh, uh, progressive uh, uh, 14th century people in there. Hundreds of Iraqis are being tortured to death or summarily executed every month in Baghdad alone by death squads working from the Ministry of the Interior, the U.N. outgoing human rights chief in Iraq has revealed. John Pace, who left Baghdad two weeks ago, told the independent newspaper, the Brit Independent on Sunday, that up to three-quarters of the corpses stacked in the city's mortuary show evidence of gunshot wounds to the head or injuries caused by drill bits or burning cigarettes. Much of the killing, he said, was carried out by Shia Muslim groups under the control of the Ministry of the Interior. Under the government, you understand. Right. This is the government that we helped to get elected, that we helped to stick their ass in there. <coughs> Much of the statistical information provided to Mr. Pace and his team comes from the Baghdad Medical Legal Institute, which is located next to the city's mortuary. 
He said figures showed that last July the morgue alone received 1,100 bodies, about 900 of which bore evidence of torture or summary execution. The pattern prevailed. Well, I got like, uh, <coughs> yeah, in my throat. <sighs> the pattern prevailed throughout the year until December when the number dropped to 780 bodies, about 400 of which had gunshot or torture wounds. Boy, they're making some heavy-duty uh, improvements there. You see that? Big time. It's being done by anyone who wishes to wipe out anybody else for various reasons, said Mr. Pace, who worked for the U.N. for more than 40 years in countries ranging from Liberia to Chile. But the bulk are attributed to the agents of the Ministry of the Interior. Coupled with the suicide bombings and attacks on Shia holy places carried out by Sunnis, some of whom are followers of Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, the activities of the death squads are pushing Iraq ever closer to a sectarian civil war. As if, as, how, I mean, how many people uh, predicted this? About 30, man. 30,000 told us they were going to have mm -hmm. a civil war? Right. I say let's stick Sodom back in there uh, tomorrow. He stick was, his ass right back in there. He was we, the court. pull out. Right. He'll take care of business. He'll get things straightened yeah. out. He has vase. Oh, look at that, a piece of copy. Wow. Woo-wee, man. Did you send that or did Steve Wolf send that direct? Uh, somebody gave it to me. I sent it to you. Troy gave that to you? Well, Josh gave it to me, actually. Somebody gave it to him. It was a daisy chain, don't you know? I see. Twelve minutes past noon, John the baker would like uh, not to give it to you, but they'd like to sell you some great food at a very modest price. That's right. The prices are low family prices, so you can go and enjoy the fantastic fresh pizza and all the great hot and cold oversized subs and their famous sloppy sausage sub and great down-home Italian favorites like lasagna, chicken parmesan, veal, and peppers, cannelloni, and lots, lots more, too. Everything is made fresh for you, and John even greets the customers every day because when you go to John the Baker, either location, you're part of John's family. John the Baker has been doing it in town for over 30 long years now. About 30, man. I kind of like a contemporary me, wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, George, uh, do it a one and two and a three? That's right. Stop by for fantastic pizza, the family-style Italian food, and John's world-famous, gigantic, huge garlic rolls, the best there are anywhere. You'll find two John the Baker locations. They're in Pembroke Pines, 12592 Pines Boulevard, and the brand-new location just opened in Cooper City at 8835 Sterling Road, corner Sterling in Pine Island. Here are the phone numbers for takeout. In Pembroke Pines, call 954-431-4315. 431-4315. And in Cooper City, call 954-252-0091. Be sure and tell John that Neil told you to stop by. 252-0091. It just doesn't get any better than John the Baker. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Jason, you're on QAM. We don't have any National Guardsmen because they're all fighting a war in Iraq right now. Not the National Guard. Pardon? Not the National Guard. No National Guard in Iraq? Not, not, there's no National Guard. Uh, no. From the director of Curious George. A monkey. Hey there, little guy. And the producer of Brokeback Mountain. Boy, I sure found a way to make the town pass up there. It's Brokeback Monkey. Get ready for some serious monkey business. This is, this is awesome. Brokeback Monkey. Boy, glad that's over. 1217 at 560. WQM, is uh, George saying the same thing? I'm glad that's over. No, he's, uh, he's still he's in He's still there. out there, huh? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he must be having a rough one. He's doing the Lawrence Welk, man. A one, a two, a three, and a four, I think. And a five. Man, that is bad news. Well, he that's runs probably right the Lord. That's, that's God punishing you for letting the... And, and I, no, know, no. I just thought about it for about... No, listen to me. Okay. 
The reason that Beth came to you with that scam, whoring the show and putting some would-be sponsor on here and uh, some boring guest, because she wouldn't approach me with that because, you know, I'd tell her absolutely no, no chance. For, well, you're wrong. He happened to be in town that day. Or he, I don't he give a crap me. if he was, like, uh, mounted on top of the building. Nevertheless, okay? that's why it was going to happen that day or not. I don't care if he was mounted on top of the fire hydrant out there in the corner of Ivesbury Road and 441. I don't give a crap if he was, like, uh, 455 pounds and wedged inside the doorway there, okay? If you had been on the air that day, then she would have approached you. Well, that would have been a or bad me, and I would have told her, no, Neil doesn't do that. But uh, that, that I'll, I'll hold the show for really some really bad ideas, what it would have been, honey. Anyway. Now, I just got through playing. Jason, you're on QAM. We don't have any National Guardsmen because they're all fighting a war in Iraq right now. Not the National Guard. Pardon? Not the National Guard. No National Guard in Iraq? Not, not, there's no National Guard. Uh, no. No. Governors of both parties said yesterday that Bush administration policies were stripping the National Guard of equipment and personnel needed to respond to hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, forest fires, and other emergencies. Tens of thousands of National Guard members have been sent to Iraq. Jason, you're on QAM. We don't have any National Guardsmen because they're all fighting a war in Iraq right now. Not the National Guard. Pardon? Not the National Guard. No National Guard in Iraq? Not, not, there's no National Guard. Uh, no. Tens of thousands of National Guard members have been sent to Iraq, along with much of the equipment needed to deal with natural disasters and terrorist threats in the U.S., the governor said at the winter meeting of the National Governors Association in Washington, D.C. The National Guard, which traces its roots to the colonial militia, has a dual federal state role. Governors normally command their guard in their states, but guard members deployed overseas in support of a federal mission are under the control of the president. The governor said they're presenting their concerns to President Bush and Defense Secretary Hermann Göring Rumsfeld today. In a preview of their message, all 50 governors signed a letter to the president of all 50 governors opposing any cuts in the size of the National Guard. Unfortunately, the letter said, when our National Guard men and women return from being deployed in foreign theaters, much of their equipment remains behind. The governor said the White House must immediately re-equip Guard units to carry out their homeland security and domestic disaster duties. Governor Mike Huckabee of Arkansas, a Republican and chairman of the Governor's Association, said the National Guard plays an incredibly valuable role in the states. What we're concerned about as governors is that when our troops are deployed for long periods of time and their equipment goes with them but doesn't come back, the troops are very strained and they no longer have the equipment they were trained to use. Nearly a third of the American ground forces in Iraq are members of the Army National Guard. Jason, you're on QM. We don't have any National Guardsmen because they're all fighting a war in Iraq right now. Not the National Guard. Pardon? Not the National Guard. No National Guard in Iraq? Not, not, there's no National Guard. Uh, no. Yeah, get your act together, Jason. Let's see. Well, I, I, do we want to put X, X-ray hip on this thing? Well, why not? Well, oh, okay. I don't know if he's still around in anybody's mind, but, I, you know, the name was, uh, okay. And it's spelled E-X-R-E-E as, as an excrement. Oh, and speaking of that, guess who I, Oh, I know what I wanted to tell everybody in the world. Those three awful, boring uh, eating days I was down there. Yeah. You'll never, ever guess who I saw on Channel 4. Angela Ray. Jim DeFeces. Oh, rare treat. You haven't uh, had the pleasure yet, I take it. Oh, I had seen him once before in an interview when he was unshaven. Uh-huh. Didn't the help. Didn't help. It's not, it's not. It's not so much the schmutz on the face. Of the, and the best part of the deal is they show him standing up. Yeah, they shouldn't do that. All fourteen hundred pounds of him standing up. Why not like have him sitting down behind uh, like a a wall? Well, you know how that goes. Then your fat kind of rises up. 
Now, can you tell me what this uh, Yasser Amafar thing is all about? What I guess that's a, that's a guy. His name is Yasser, uh, Yasser Arafat. It's yeah, a, and what about a, him? It's a jock for the poll. I think it's a poll suggestion. Well, he's a player. Yeah. His name is Y-A-S-I-R Yasser Arafat. A-R-A-F. I'm a fat. Well, let's stick him on here, okay? Just just for yucks. Let's get some of our good. We don't want to get the Arab street upset by excluding Yasser. Because like uh, Joe Klein said, there's nothing worse than pissing off the Arab street. I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to stick Joe Klein's carcass out there right in the middle of some Arab street and let them have a good time with him. That's what I think of you, Joe, you jackass, you simpleton, you fairy, quizzling, sellout, phony. He's as phony as a $414 bill, Joe Klein. He ain't too mighty fine, I'll tell you that. 5670560, I'm giving the numbers out just to pretend that I want to take some of these calls. I, I might. You never know. Sure. Surprise. I got the story about the retired Army Lieutenant Colonel who's on the no-fly list. You see that? No. Oh, this is a uh, cute story. If Ohio State Representative Robert Hagan's proposal becomes law, Republicans would be barred from adopting. You hear that? All right. Sounds like a good plan. Wednesday night, Hagan wrote a mock proposal to counter one introduced by State Representative Ron Hood, Republican of Asheville. Aimed at banning gay adoption. I wonder if the name Hood is just an accident or if there's something like symbolic. Yeah, I think so. Hagan said that credible research shows that adopted children raised in Republican households are more at risk for developing emotional problems, social stigmas, inflated egos, and alarming lack of tolerance for others they, they deem different from themselves and an air of overconfidence to mask their insecurities. For his part... Representative Hood's legislation, backed by eight other conservative Republican lawmakers, would prefer 22,000 Ohio children to languish in foster care rather than be adopted or fostered by gay parents. What is it about Ohio and Florida, writes Bill Robinson on Yahoo. I think Yahoo is appropriate for this story, too. What is it about Ohio and Florida? There's always trouble brewing. As we know, they've got lots of problems with their voting machines, lots of dead white people who vote, and lots of living black people who aren't allowed to. But now they have something else in common, the irrational and probably insincere fear of gay adoption. Gay adoption. Oh, my God. Say it out loud in a crowded room. And just imagine the looks you're going to get. Gay adoption. Oh, my God. Coincidence? No, rather, as USA Today managed to observe between colorful pie charts, the second front of the culture wars that began in 2004. These closely divided states barely handed W the election in 2000 and 2004, at least allegedly, and it was in large part due to the gay marriage issue on the ballot, which got the faithful out of their trailers into the polls. As uh, Sigourney Weaver would say, nice trailer. This election year, however, they've got a new tactic, stop the gays from helping unwanted children. Actually, Florida's had that covered since 1977, thanks to the Anita Bryant law. But this week, Ohio joins 15 other states by introducing this kind of homophobic Republican base-baiting measure. In fact, the backers have said that if it fails in the assembly, which it will, they'll fight to get it on the fall ballot. Never mind the fact that there are virtually no credible studies that show adverse effects in gay adoption or parenting. Ron Hood wants to save the children of Asheville, Ohio. And who is Ron Hood? He's a no-neck, proudly flashing his three-month-old daughter on his pro-family website. He's endorsed by the NRA. They love his voting against the proposal to have gun owners locked up firearms at home and his voting to allow concealed weapons anywhere. He's against abortion and the RU486 bill, anti-union, and has voted to repeal the minimum wage in Ohio. His background is in construction. Needless to say, he won the Outstanding Young Conservative Award in 2000. Ron Hood is up for election, and he's learned the lesson of Ohio wedge issue. 
He's playing hateful politics. He's done nothing in his decade in the state house to help children, except ensure more of them are born to parents who don't want them, with the hope that they'll grow up working for less than minimum wage before being shot with a concealed weapon. Ron Hood would deny homes to children who need them. He would deny children to families who want them. He is the bastard spawn of the last two rogue campaigns. He is emblematic of the future of this shrewdly divisive Republican Party. He is the face of evil minus the neck. As a 43-year-old lesbian mom in Ohio told the Cincinnati Inquirer, it's like having someone put a KKK cross in your front yard. In someone's opinion, you're not right. The crazy thing is they're the ones who have the hatred in their heart. They're the ones who have the fear in their heart. And I'm just raising kids and paying taxes, she'd be saying. According to the latest ABC poll, most Americans believe allowing gays to adopt is a good idea. But what most Americans want never stops the cynical political forces that work in Ohio during an election year. And as we've learned the hard way, the rest of us can never afford to overlook what happens in Ohio. Like that fixed vote in 2004. Speaking of vote, watchdog group questions 2000 Florida vote. We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I'm just bop, 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 too much of this today, man. I'm, I'm laying down on the floor. Don't I'm not talking no more. And speaking of no more, we ain't got no more. Although we do have no National Guard in Iraq, thank God. Thank God that he elucidated us about that before he left, you know what? Now, what's going on at that Long Beach airport? They still got everybody jammed up outside. Airport. They say they captured him about a mile away from that airport. Now, the incident happened early this morning, and it led to a 90-minute evacuation of about 1,000 people. Oh, my God. The officers searched the airport. They reportedly did not find anything suspicious. Well, there you go. That's why everybody's still all milling around outside, you know. They're still looking. Maybe they'll plant something suspicious in there. So we can all be thinking about, oh, thank God for uh, whatever it is, for uh, 9-11. I mean, 7-11. Isn't that what the Bush people are? Most people say, thank heaven for 7-11. The Bush crowd says, thank heaven for 9-11. What do you think? Yeah, you know it. They pray every day. Yeah. The Bushies and Bandar Bush and their friends in the Saudi Arabia, the Saudi friends and their UAE friends and all their other, and all these other wonderful Middle Eastern democracies, baby. <laughs> yeah, where freedom's on the march. This is Neil Rogers. In fact, freedom's hiding this under those schmuckers there were. From Disney's latest theme park in beautiful Damascus, Syria. It's a small mind after all. I would pass up taking the kids to Disney Damascus. You know, because they blow up so fast. Come see Space Mountain Cave Hideout. Mr. Bin Laden's Wild Ride. Scud's Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Insurgents of the Caribbean. And especially Indiana Jones and the Temple of Boom. And by the way, sure, we stoned that tramp Cinderella to death for not wearing a burka. But what the hell's the matter with you people? I don't know what you've been smoking, but ever since Goofy blew himself up, El Donald and I have been trying to spread the word that cartoons are about as real as Walt's last acid-induced Technicolor dream, people. So, come visit us at Disney World Damascus, where Donald Duck doesn't wear pants, but our women are covered, and where Tomorrowland is set in 1352. And for all you infidels, M-I-C, see you soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we hate you. M-O-U-S. Oh, crap. Oops. <laughs> oh. We probably shouldn't play that again. We'll infuriate the Arab street. I uh, asked the question if it's okay to make fun of, uh, what's his name, Muhammad, you know, audibly. And everyone yeah. said it was, yeah, we got a call saying, yeah, it's okay. I see. It's not an image. Oh, in other words, we can't make those grave, graven images? But we can say, blah, 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 like that. Oh, I, but, that, but that's not even them. That's the, uh, I oh, they do that that's too. the Indian one. They all do it. What's that uh, bit? It's um, uh, Cat Stevens. Right. Right? Yes. 
I don't want to play the whole thing. Hello, this is Albert Kaida from Charlie Van Records. But that's the only way I can make it to the end when it goes to my latest Cat Stevens collection. You know Muhammad is right. Take your head off your body. Got a machete with a real sharp blade. How I wish I had an American hostage. Make those infidels pay. Also including this classic. I was on an airplane. And suddenly was detained. They're mad cause I converted and wear a towel on my head. I'm being followed by an F-16. What do they want with me? The money from your purchase does not go to fund terrorism, really. It's not time to get off the plane. Just relax and take it easy. You're just dumb, that's your fault. Wouldn't happen if I were a Jew. Fine dark skin and a rag. If you want a detainee. Another variation on a classic. I ask myself every day which American should pay. Tell me who would Muhammad slay. I'm cutting through the neck of a woman. She lifted her veil and exposed herself. So buy new Cat Stevens collection today for $19.95. Or you can pay with Visa, MasterCard, or Weapons of Mass Destruction. There you go. Good one. Just 17% of Americans believe Dubai Ports World should be allowed to purchase operating rights to several U.S. ports. A Rasmussen Report survey found that 64% disagree and believe the sale should not be allowed. Just 39% of Americans even know that the operating rights are currently owned by a foreign firm, the Brits, eh? Although not the British government. 15% believe the operating rights are U.S. owned, while 46% are not sure. In other words, basically dumb. From a political perspective, President Bush's national security credentials have clearly been tarnished due to the outcry over the issue. For the first time ever, Americans have a slight preference for Democrats in Congress over the president on national security issues. 43% 43% say they trust the Democrats more in this issue today, while 41% say they prefer Dumbo. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. 27% of Americans do not believe foreign firms should be allowed to buy any companies in the U.S. Well, that's a, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, for example, I got Wait. this. Um, yeah. Foreign ownership of specific U.S. industries. You want to hear the percentages foreign owned? Okay. I already went to the bathroom. I'll give you a few of these. Sound recording industries, 97% foreign owned. Hmm. Commodity contracts, dealing and brokerage, 79%. Motion picture and sound recording industries, 75% foreign-owned. Metal ore mining, 65%. Motion picture and video industries, 64%. Wineries and distilleries, 64%, like that silly Brit you had on here on Friday. Database directory and other publishers, 63%. Book publishers, 63%. Cement, concrete, lime, and gypsum products, 62%. Engine turbine and power transmission equipment, 57%. Rubber product, 53%. 53% of your rubbers are foreign-owned. Non-metallic, probably have little holes pierced in them, too. Non-metallic mineral product manufacturing, 53%. Plastics and rubber product manufacturing, 52%. And it goes on. Uh, boiler, tank, and shipping containers, 30%. Sugar and confectionery product, 48%. Advertising and related services, 41% foreign-owned. Pharmaceutical and medicine. So we get back to that poll, and what was the percent? 27% of Americans don't believe foreign firms should be allowed to buy any companies in the U.S. You go back to that CNN <laughs> network where he's screaming about the Arabs and bought up the whole damn country. Remember that? Right. 
And the CCA deal must uh, st stop it now, whatever he's screaming. That, that, was, that was great. He wanted them knee-deep in telegrams. In the last check, when Robert Duvall called, when Tom, what, Tom Hagen, was that his name? That was in The Godfather. What that was his name? Oh, geez. Didn't that work? Hackett, Frank Hackett. Oh, sorry. They were up to their armpits. They were drowning in telegrams at the White House. Five, six, seven, oh, we probably ought to sneak a few calls in here today. I feel like we're cheating the audience out of their opportunity to throw in their one or two cents. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. WQAM, hello. Mr. Neal, how you be? Okay. Uh, if, if I could reminisce for just a second, I would like for you to think back to the 2004 presidential debate. And I would like to ask you, what do you think the Republican response would be if John Kerry stood up and said, I think that six of the major shipping ports in this country should be run by an Arab country? What mm -hmm. do you think their response would be on that day? Oh, my God. Okay. Also, yeah. I'm just kind of wondering, do you happen to know that if you just happen to get a wild hair up your butt one day and you want to go to this UAE, you went over there, you liked it for some reason, and you wanted to buy property. Did you know that you're not allowed to buy property there? Well, did, you, did you also know that the UAE is on the, uh, it's on the, uh, the government's list of countries that Americans are advised not to visit? That's absolutely correct. That is correct. I know that. Uh, in closing, uh, what a interesting story regarding the guy who drinks urine. Since, uh, since uh, uh, your buddy there sits there with a whole deck of oldies, I would like to dedicate uh, Tommy Rose's sweet pea to that guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. Now, if you've got sweet pea by Tommy Rose. I do. Uh, oh, no. Wasn't he part of the uh, Popeye family there with olive oil? Wasn't sweet pea yeah. one of those? They were all kin. Sweet. Sweet. I'm, I'm going to hear it. Don't. It only comes up so fast, you know. Well, why is that? Come on, Tommy Rowe. Because it's a oh, regular computer. It ain't a DCS. I think that's on ABC Paramount Records, I do believe. Tommy Rowe. I don't have that information. His sister Fish. 66. How do you like that? Tommy Rowe. He was uh, pretty weak. Anyway, I just had something fantastic I was going to mention about the uh, UAE. Yeah. Americans are advised do not travel to the UAE because there's a great threat of terrorist attacks on Westerners, and especially Americans in the UAE. And yet these are the people, this is the country or the nationally owned company that uh, your president has made this backdoor deal and pretends he didn't know about it. Right. Now, how many vetoes has the president uh, done in, uh, since he's been in office? Tell me a number. Zero. That's correct. Zero. And yet he is herniatic. You know, does it take a genius to figure out why the, this hernia is busting inside of his, uh, what's left of his brain? Why the Bush family is so obsessed and in adamant adamantine, like they said in network, adamantine. And insistent, this deal's going to go through, and if you try to, like, uh, pass some... And that's why they got this 45-day cooling-off period now. It's just a dog-and-pony show to try to get, you know, get all their lobbyists in there with Bob Dole and all these other phonies that are on the, uh, they're on the dole, all right? So they can go in there and twist enough arms so that they can not override the veto. This is a business deal, okay? This is a business deal between the Bush family and the Arabs again, okay? And if that's what America wants, if that's what you people want, then thank God I'm not there. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. America loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be happy helping you today. 
Hey, would you please be having a blue slurpee? We are having a sale on Camrose. We have heard about many flavors. I'm afraid that is not feasible. Who can tell you everything? My skin may be brown, but inside I think. Yes, it's true, we put the women in bags. It is only because they smell so bad. You can brave a group reactions of a group, and we don't all drink our wee wee. It smells like our food. Ragheads. Let's do something in front of me. Ragheads. Let's shave off my beard with my face. Twelve forty-five at five sixty WQM. Happy Monday to you, man. February almost be over. Almost the first of March. Wednesday's our big 30th anniversary show. Any interest? No. That's what I say. Well, Duff's all whipped up to a frenzy about it. <laughs> yeah, he's all emotional as usual. He's crying about it. So somebody faxed us the uh, biography of Catherine Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Of Dick Cheney, uh, shoot him up, right. being down there Billionaire in Corpus Christi. Warren Idsdahl and Catherine Armstrong both worked for major investment firms at the time of their 82 wedding. With the Payne Weber uh, groom marrying a Smith Barney bride. How sweet. During the 2000 Bush campaign, the then-married couple still romantically shared a common pioneer tracking number. Catherine is the daughter of pioneer Tobin Armstrong and heir to the fabled Armstrong and King Ranch fortunes. Her mother, Ann Armstrong, who is Kay Bailey Hutchinson's best friend, helped launch the senator's career as Republican National Committee co-chair in 71. As Texas treasurer in the early 1990s, Kay Bailey Hutchinson, who was a real redneck, returned the favor by hiring Armstrong's son-in-law, Warren Idsdahl, as a top aide. But Hutchinson fired him after a short tenure. Warren Edsdahl was also an executive at health and life insurer United Insurance Companies for several years in the late 90s. Then Governor George W. Bush appointed Catherine Edsdahl to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission in 99. The Edsdahls divorced and Catherine reclaimed her maiden name after Bush's gubernatorial successor appointed Catherine chair of the commission. This heir apparent to the Armstrong Ranch resigned her state post in 2003, citing her need to make a living for her three children. Armstrong said that lobbying is one possible career move. Wow, how do you like that, huh? All these rich drunks get together and they go on little uh, shooting expeditions, shooting fish in a barrel, and they mm-hmm. get all them, uh, you know. Some canned hunts. Oh, yeah, canned hunt. And they need even tomato sauce. Never, I, well, I never cared for that, you know, little, especially the tomato paste. Yeah. <laughs> God, what? Because of what you do with it. Oh. Well, maybe you can water it down and drink it. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Author Dan Brown appeared in court today in London at the start of a trial in which two historians say he copied their work to write the Da Vinci Code bestseller and are suing his British publisher. See, I don't, I don't understand why anybody wastes their time. Well, no, I do. I, I do understand. Because people are brainwashed. Why, why would anybody waste their time reading about Jesus and Mary Magdalene and all these all these silly stories? Well, why? You know, we talk about the Kennedy assassination and about the uh, Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King assassinations and all the doubts that are still around. That, that's in most of our life, or many of our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And yet, here just two weeks ago, we had this uh, Corpus Christi Cheney uh, shoot 'em up thing going on, and the public's never going to know the truth. Never. Because if these Secret Service guys decide to go, like, uh, to the Inquirer somewhere and open up a mouth and sell a story, I ain't going to see them no more. No way, no how. 
the old smear and schmear, and, uh, you know, if worse comes to worse, you just got to eliminate them altogether. When in doubt, rub them out. And so all of this fascination and obsession with garbage that allegedly happened thousands of years ago that was written about years and years after. There was no printing press, okay? There was no fountain pen. There was no uh, copy machine. There was no internets, okay? Jesus, they didn't even have bar mitzvahs back then, I don't think. Maybe they did. You know? Today I am a fountain pen. Maybe that's where they wrote it. Maybe the old-time Jews wrote all that stuff with their fountain pens they got for bar mitzvah, you think? That could be. Or maybe they wrote with a quill. Now, I don't think anybody out there still writes with an old-fashioned quill. Not a good idea today because it might be the bird flu. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, Better not a good idea. Right now. Richard Lee and Michael Bajan are suing. Oh, Michael Bajan. I wonder what track he drives at. I wonder if he's kin to Mario Bajan. Are suing their own publisher, Random House, for lifting the whole architecture of the research that went into their 82 nonfiction book, The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail. It's itself a bestseller. Brown's religious thriller has more than 36 million copies in print worldwide and has upset Catholics, good, for suggesting Jesus married Mary Magdalene had a child by her. The same theory is put forward in Holy Blood, Blood and Holy Grail. All bubblemices. But I do know there was an Abraham and there was a Solomon. Abraham Solomon. Lawyers on both sides of the case have declined to comment on how the trial might affect sales of the hugely successful novel or the distribution of a major Hollywood adaption which Sony Pictures plans to release in May. Dun, 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 dun. Eat your heart out, yeah, you jackass. Jonathan James, I'm thinking of Mel Gibson. I wasn't speaking to you necessarily, although I'm thinking about Friday again. Jonathan James, now did Beth come in there and like apologize to you and say, I'm so sorry I got your ass in hot water? No, she came in here and said, what the hell did you do to me, you schmuck, if you thought that Neil was going to have a problem with this, you should have told me in the first place and I wouldn't have done it. She said that? Well, not in those words, but... She actually said that? No, not in those words. I'd slap that bitch around a little bit. It was me. She didn't know. It was me. Slapped around? No, no, no. Jonathan James, representing Bajon and Lee, told the High Court that Dan Brown copied from the Holy Blood and Holy Grail, and therefore the publication of the result by the defendants is an infringement of the copyright of my client in the UK, eh? Random House, owned by German media conglomerate Bertelsmann. See that? Random House is owned by the freaking Germans. Ach. Deliver have dismissed the claim as without merit and succeeded last October in having a substantial part of the case made by the historians dropped it. Commentators have pointed out that a major character in 41-year-old Brown's book, Sir Lee Teabing, oh, Teabing, T-E-A-B-I-N-G. Boy, there's, there's the tea room and the tea time and the tea break, and oh, boy, those Brits, what a silly bunch. Has a name that's an anagram of Lee and Bajan. Huh. A third author of the 82 book, Henry Lincoln, has decided to stay out of it. They might force him to go see that play again. Late last August, Brown went a court ruling against another writer, Louis Perdue. I wonder if he was kin to, who claimed the Da Vinci cop, a Code copied elements of two of his novels, Daughter of God and the Da Vinci Legacy. Perdue had sought 150 million bucks in damages and asked the court to block distribution of the book and the movie adaptation, which features Tom Hanks alongside French actress Audrey Tatu. Is that how you say her name? Yes, for me. Audrey Tatu. The plane. Yeah, plane. Maybe she's a midget. 5670560. All the bubble mice all the time, and you wonder what's going on here, man. It's been going on for five, 6,000 freaking years already, and the rest of us are caught in the, in the crosshairs of this thing. 
the freaking Jews and the Arabs, man. The Arabs and the Jews and the Jews and the Arabs and Israel and the Palestinians and Iraq and Iran and Iran as fast as I can and the freaking Saudis and the UAE with all their oil and the, uh, you know. And don't forget about the Kuwaitis, man, who were busy getting laid and gambling in France while we were in there bailing their ass out and getting their country back in Gulf War Uno. Remember those days? Sure do. Now, how's, how's the democracy coming in Kuwait? Any uh, elections over there yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Freedom's just, on the march, baby. Just can't yeah. wait for those elections. And the idea, now just stop and think about it. The, 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 after they got caught in all their lies about the weapons of mass destruction and mm -hmm. 9-11 and Iraq right. and Al-Qaeda right. and Iraq, after all that, and they trumped up this idea about creating a role, a role model for democracy in the Middle East. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be something if all the Middle Eastern countries could be just as civilized and peaceful and uh, as rational as what's going on in Iraq right now? Mm -hmm. They will be soon. Yeah. Syria and Lebanon, all those, all those bastions of freedom and democracy. Jordan, Egypt. But, of course, first and foremost, and, of course, not to mention Pakistan with its uh, dictator uh, president mm -hmm. who took over in a bloodless coup. Cuckoo could chew. I heard it was bloody myself. Five six seven oh five sixty, and of course Osama's over there hanging it out, and he says, uh, "Yeah, you ain't gonna get me, nah, 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 nah." And I, I guarantee he's probably been put up in some hotel in the French Riviera. Yeah, just like just like Greg Reed and Scran. Remember that whole deal with OJ? They flew him in and they put him up, and the whole deal stuck him in that golf tournament just to stick it to us. I, I guarantee you, they probably got in. That's why you see these nice. Pretty soon, you're going to see the nice pastel backgrounds that you see on the Oprah show. That, that's what Al Zawahiri and uh, Osama Yamama are going to be uh, taping their messages to him pretty soon. Oprah. Yeah, and in fact, she might be there with him for all we know. She might wind up on some of those shows. Can't you just see that? With the livers. Yeah, she might. She might give because he's allegedly got that uh, kidney problem. She might give Osama a new kidney. How do you like that? Christ. How about that hotline ringing? Uh oh, how about it? QAM Batline, hello. Hey, Niels, Woody Graver. Yes, sir. Was it Woody Graver? Yeah. What do you call on this line for? You think you're some big shot or something? I thought it was well, somebody important. Well, sometimes I'm important. Yeah. When's anyway, that? When Audrey, that Audrey Tattoo is a great actress. She's wonderful. Really? She was in that uh, French movie Amelie. Oh yeah, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> the French make me vomit. Well, you know, it, they have some good points. I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, well, especially she got, the French Canadians, eh? Especially those French Canadians, the separatists, the Quebecers, the Quebecois. Yeah, I was up in Montreal a while ago. Oh, I'm so God. sorry. Oof. A lot of that. A lot of that, <laughs> yeah. a lot of that French going around. You think you got a language problem in South Florida, baby? You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh yeah, no. You don't speak. You don't English. speak Francais there, man. About a bing. That's it. That's it. That's it. Definitely. Read your, read your picture. Read, read your story today. Read my today. picture, yeah. <laughs> read pretty good, yeah. You see that finger? That was for you, Woody. Yeah, that, that, that was a wonderful thing to wake up to this morning. Was it really? Yes, certainly well, was. By the way, it was really something. I mean, uh, Todd Dreck came in and told me that it was in there, and uh, Hank told me it was in there. Of course, I had already read it last night when they first put it online, because, you know, since they came to my house and took all those pictures, it's probably a pretty good idea that I knew it was coming today, but, you know. Yeah. They yeah. just don't mean well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you're a star. What can we say? You know, you're yeah. a god. I'll tell you one thing, man. You're sure you sure made the move. How long ago did you get out of Buffalo? What year? Nineteen seventy something. Well, I'm going to say this. I can't say too many other places where it's a benefit to go to South Florida from, but that sure is one of them. <laughs> I watch, you know, I watch all the network affiliate, the newscast every night, the weather. Oh God. And on most days, like we've had maybe a total of five inches of snow all winter here. A total. 
Mm -hmm. Right now, there's basically none. Wow. And every single day I'm watching on channel, uh, whatever it is, uh, in Buffalo, every single day, three to six inches here and four to seven inches there and a foot in the southern tier, and it just goes on. It's just pathetic. Oh, God. Well, I, I'm, I had shoveled enough snow in my lifetime for more than one lifetime, so I figured that was time to get out. Yeah, I, I noticed Maria Gennaro disappeared. Where the hell did she go? She was on there for a while in Buffalo. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, she was there for quite a while. Oh, wow. She wised up. She got the hell out. <laughs> but again, Buffalo's lost. Well, thanks for the uh, good news, Woody. Take care. And you too. <laughs> I think he either had a call or he just uh, maybe his ponytail fell off. We haven't had wow. any good luck with guys with ponytails, although there's Mitch Lewis. Oh, 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 oh. Who does not have a ponytail anymore. Well, and that's why we like him so much. Neil this Sport, your style. is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. It's not just the one to two hour. It's a phenomenon. Celebrity justice. Dick, what happened? The group of us encountered all day on Saturday. Uh-huh. Saw Harry standing there. He was dressed in orange. Mm -hmm. I turned and shot a Perry. He was struck on the right side of his face. And he was, I'm sure, stunned, obviously. You think? It's the first time I'd ever hunted Harry. What? There's no, uh, it's not Harry's fault. Uh, I guess not. The other hunter and I then, um, we were hunting quail and walked about 100 yards in another direction. Each of us got a bird. You guys continued to hunt? Exactly, that's what we did. What was Harry doing? Uh, bleeding, obviously. What were you thinking? I have no idea. Celebrity justice. Oh, no, and his facts didn't print. Oh, Christ, this is muy importante, huh? Which one? Oh, here it is. Yes, it did. Man, that would have been bad. Well, it's about the United Arab Emirates for all those of you planning your summer vacations. Oh, okay. <laughs> were you thinking of checking it out? I heard the when hotels there were bigger and swankier. The Bush administration has stated repeatedly that the United Arab... Uh, oh, i got to stop this. Okay, enough, 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 enough. Oh, my God. 400 pages already. Stop. Stop. Wow. Don't you hate when it does that? Yeah, I do. The Bush administration has stated repeatedly that the United Arab Emirates is a reliable partner in the war on radical Islamic terrorists, but if the UAE is such a stable, dependable friend of the U.S., then why is the United States State Department warning Americans on the dangers of traveling to the United Arab Emirates? Good question. The State Department says in its current travel advisory, Americans in the United Arab Emirates should exercise a high level of security awareness. Americans should maintain a low profile and varied routes and times for all required travel. That's right. Our State Department is issuing a travel advisory for the UAE, the owner of DP World, that would take over operation of terminals at six major U.S. ports. This is from uh, CNN and the U.S. State Department. The United States, of course, is not only the only government concerned about its citizens' welfare in the UAE. Britain advises its citizens to avoid large gatherings and beware of the threat of terrorism. The Australian government says we continue to receive reports that terrorists are planning attacks against Western interests in the United Arab Emirates. Canada is currently advising its citizens on the threat of terrorist attacks in the UAE as well. Now, I'm just going to read what the, this is from what the State Department says, okay? Okay. Safety and security. I don't want to read all of this. It'll take until midnight. Americans in the UAE should exercise a high level of security awareness. The Department of State remains concerned about the possibility of terrorist attacks against U.S. citizens and interests throughout the world. Americans should maintain a low profile, vary routes and times for all required travel, and treat mail and packages from unfamiliar sources with caution. 
In addition, U.S. citizens are urged to avoid contact with any suspicious, unfamiliar objects and report the presence of the objects to local authorities. Vehicles should not be left unattended like Beth's car, if at all possible, and should be kept locked at all times. U.S. government personnel overseas have been advised to take the same precautions. In addition, U.S. government facilities may temporarily close or suspend public services from time to time as necessary to review their security posture and ensure its adequacy. Taking photos of potentially sensitive military or civilian sites and or engaging in mapping activities, especially mapping which includes the use of GPS equipment without coordination with UAE authorities, may result in arrest, detention, and or prosecution by local authorities. Don't leave out decapitation. Countrywide traffic laws impose stringent penalties for certain violations, especially driving under the influence of alcohol <coughs> or maybe uh, duck hunting. In the UAE, there is zero tolerance for driving after consumption of booze. Penalties may include hefty jail sentences and fines for Muslims, even those holding U.S. citizenship, and lashings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, does that mean like eye lashings? Tongue lashings. Persons involved in an accident in which another party is injured automatically go to jail until the injured person is released from the hospital. Should a person die in the traffic accident, the driver of the other vehicle is liable for a payment of compensation for the death known as DIA, usually the equivalent of 55,000 U.S. bucks. Even relatively minor accidents may result in lengthy proceedings during which both drivers may be prohibited from leaving the country. Yeah. Codes of behavior and dress in the UAE reflect the country's Islamic traditions that are more conservative than those of the U.S. Visitors to the UAE should be respectful of this conservative heritage, especially in the Emirate of Sharjah, where rules of decency and public conduct are strictly enforced. Female travelers should keep in mind the cultural differences among the many people who coexist in the UAE and should be cognizant that unwitting actions may invite unwanted attention to them. Isolated incidents of verbal and physical harassment of Western women have occurred. Victims of harassment are encouraged to report such incidents to the U.S. Embassy in Abu Dhabi or the Consulate General in Dubai. Abu Dhabi. Legislation enacted in January 96 imposes the death sentence for convicted drug traffickers. Some drugs normally, normally taken under a doctor's supervision in the U.S. Even some over-the-counter U.S. drugs and medications are classified as narcotics in the U.S. and are illegal to possess. Drinking or... Possession of alcohol without a Ministry of Interior liquor permit is illegal and could result in arrest and or fines and imprisonment. Religious proselytizing is not permitted in the UAE. Persons violating this law, even unknowingly, may be imprisoned. Wow, it's just freedom land over there, ain't it? <laughs> oh, man. Woo! Heavy uh, duty, baby. Day. The UAE are good partners in the crime. Or at least the Bush's partners in crime. Rhymes with slime all the time. Uh-oh, school locked down after mountain lion seen nearby somewhere in, uh, looks like California. To me, I see a bunch of palm trees, and it looks much too uh, f uh, California to be like Florida, don't it? Police cars are on the scene. Oh, I don't know. And it's KTTV. That's a pretty good hint, too. It's L.A. That and bring you an update on that. Oh, boy. Altadena, California. We got Soros out there. Maybe we got that airport that was all locked down for a while because the guy was running around like crazy. He had wild diarrhea. He had a going problem, man. That's all he had. Just a going problem. What is the honest name in sports today? We got 831 votes. We could have made our 1,000 today, but why push heavy duty, you know? Indeed. We got bigger fish to fry. I keep saying that. Oh, there's a Mardi Gras. Anybody want to go to New Orleans? What do you say? No. New Orleans. Big Trickle, 225. I hate this pool, 139. I hate sports, 90. A lot of haters in South Florida. Good reason to be out of there. Coco Crisp, 80. Peekaboo Street 58. You know the most exciting thing I did when I was in Florida? I, days? I, I went to Walgreens. Oh, well. Picked up my drugs. That's a thrill. 
Peekaboo Street 58, Dick Pound 47, Dick Toll 23, Plaxico Burris 22, Dick Buckkiss 21, Kevin Pitsnoggle 14, Shaq has got 13. I thought that was Danny's number. Mike Shashevsky 11, uh, Bimbo Coles 9, Yang Yang 9. Well, well, who is Yang Yang? Does Josh know who that is? No, sorry. I know. Yang Yang. How about Ling Ling? Yeah. The Brickershaw Ferguson 8. Maybe he was on that overnight sports show. We used to. What was that? Uh, somebody in the brick. What was that show? T.J. T.J. in the brick. Maybe that's. Uh, he was uh, the T.J. in the Brickershaw. I mean, if it's good enough for the juice, they're on 790. Oh boy, you talk about. And that uh, Jim DeFeces man on that Channel Four. I have never seen anything so. He made Dave Game look like Brad Pitt. I have never seen anything so unsuitable to be on TV. Good golly, people are desperate. Apollo Ono eight. Adewale Ogunle. So, how do you say it? <laughs> Josh, help us out here. Adewale Ogunle. <laughs> Whoa, excuse me. Whoa, what language that be? Seven. Agunle. That sounds like something from The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Remember that? Agunle. Maybe that's what they're saying. Mickey Clutch, six. Miro Shatan, six. Satan. Ron Tugnut, five. Lake Speed, four. Ladanian Tomlinson, three. Kabucky Jones, three. Cheryl Pounder, three. X, X-Ray Hip, two. Johannes Hairbear, two. They, they don't know who that is. David Seaman, two. Lance Pitlick, two. Radic Bonk, two. Nice going there, Eric. Finally got it straightened up three hours later. DA Points, two. Tobias Angerer, two. Yasser Arafat Sati has got uh, one. That's his last name. Yasser Amafart Sati. Uh, uh, Ontario Smith one, Steve Bowling one, Jay Baller one, and Jeff Ball one. Ball and Baller. None for Stefan Yell, Carl Dykhouse. That's because they're hockey players. Nobody ever heard them down there. Rocco Mediate none. Takeo Spikes none. Joey God's, uh, Godspeed none. Pat Papi Sow. Jeff Payne. Or is that PP Sow? Jeff Payne, Sean Crooks, and Joey Teak out of 845 votes all got the big. Oh! Nothing. Wow. By the way, Yang Yang is a uh, speed skater. Well, excuse me. Ice skater? Yes, that's right. right. Well, with the Olympics just having ended, we should be right on top of that. She's probably in Torino as we said. They were in Torino, right. I'll jump on her. There were no sports. There was hockey, such as it was, and and that was it. I'm going to say it for the umpteenth time, whether it's basketball, hockey, or anything else. Uh, professional players from professional sports league have got absolutely no business playing in the Olympics, okay? All this xenophobia, and boy, you, you talk about people psychotic. Oh, man, when Canada lost that uh, quarterfinal game, oh, my God, no medal, no gold, no bronze, no silver, no sliver, no uh, nothing. And you would have thought that, uh, that we'd just been invaded by Bulgaria or something. I mean, just unbelievable. <coughs> Although the one good thing is they got everybody pissed off at Gretzky again, so that's good. WQAM, hello. Good morning. Yes, sir. Sounds chronic to me. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got a name for the poll. Yes. How about the Seattle Mariners pitcher, J.J. Putts? J.J. Putts? Yeah. I, I would have thought he'd been a golfer, wouldn't you? Uh, I didn't see it there when I looked a little while ago. I didn't hear Neil just say it on the air. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got it, J.J. Putz. We got it. All right. Putz. WQAM, hello. Not there. WQAM, hello. What about the Seattle Mariners pitcher? QAM. 
Cuts line, yes, sir. How are you? Good. We, have any, we don't have any National Guard in Iraq? Mm. WQAM, hello. Hi. Bye. Twelve minutes after one. Now, you see, I think I made the right decision today. I just had that feeling. Yeah, it could have gone with your I gut. I went with my gut, and my gut is just uh, fine. I got like 45,000 yeah, more of uh, bedtime stories, and I think you're going to be hearing a lot more of them from now on. Oh, jeez. Oh, what? no, please don't do that. Yeah, my New Year's resolution is to quit wasting time with the same uh, half a dozen idiots. After, after 30 years of this, nothing has changed. Well, it has changed in that regard. It's gotten much worse. Much, much worse. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it gets much, much worse. I think some, uh, I think Dick Cheney ought to go visit some of those folks, you know, who just don't get the massage. <laughs> I'll give Twelve past list. one, if you want to see a great movie, get Crash, okay? Right. In fact, uh, when is that out on DVD official? I, I don't know, but it's, uh, I think it might be out already. Uh, I think March 1. And if you watch it again, of, because uh, I've already seen it twice, you, you wind up missing a whole lot of little uh, things the first time through. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it again, yeah. And, well, that's one of the best things I've seen in a long, sure enough. long Time. Tight, like uh, all the way through. Oh, and, and let me also say this to you, because how could I have forgotten to say this? What movie does it remind you very, very much Mag of? In the Magnolia first, and yeah, Happiness. the first, the first review sure. I read online compared it to Magnolia mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a bunch of personal stories about people right. and families who seem to be disconnected. But if you right. watch the whole thing, you'll see that they're all, right. all their uh, lives are interwoven together. Really, really amazing. Very much like Magnolia, but no yeah. frogs, and they ended all the story. And then, of course, the ending, uh, like, you know, and the same with Magnolia, there could have been more. We could have found out more about, certainly, about uh, some of the characters. I don't want to give anything away. No, I'm sure you could have uh, seen a lot more of, uh, what's his name? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name, only the way he talked in oh, that I other see. movie. What the hell is his name? Ryan Philippe. How come I just forgot it, too? I think it was just a lot of sympathy. I remember by, by thinking about the way he talked. He doesn't talk that way. No, okay. no, not in this movie, not at all. Yeah, not in real life, obviously. He's in a lot of good movies. He didn't talk that way in uh, 24, Studio 24, whatever. That's 54. right. 24. 54. Talked a little more like this. You didn't see that movie, uh, 54. I saw a little of it. You did? Damn little. Well, that's because you saw him running around naked there in that uh, bar. Yeah. One fourteen, and Mike Myers playing at, uh, that, uh, whoever the owner's name was, is 54. I, and you know something? He was so good in that movie, Mike Myers. I didn't even realize it was That's him until right. uh, yeah. almost the end of the movie. You're right. Me too. He's great. Good Canadian boy, Mike Myers, eh? When you're shopping for shoes by now, please tell me that you know where to go. Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. I've been telling you about these fine folks for years now. You can't beat the combination waiting for you at Brandy's because they've got the best selection of name brand shoes that you could possibly find anywhere. They've got the lowest prices in town all the time, including specials every week for you. And they've got professional sales holes there who know how to really take care of you and your feet and give you a perfect fit every time. They've got Rockport, Florsheim, Echo, New Balance, SAS, Mephisto, all the others too. Just ask for Arnie when you go in. He'll make sure you get the perfect fit at the right price every time. In fact, Brandy's even specialized in wide widths as well. So Brandy's is worth your trip from anywhere in South Florida for comfort, style, fit, value, and selection. Always think, please. Brandy Shoes at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Open daily 9 till 9 and Sundays 10 to 5. And this week is a great time to buy new balance at Brandy's. All great men's and women's styles are 10 to 20 bucks off. So be sure to get your ass into the store or do your shoe shopping on their website at brandyshoes.com. And be sure and tell them when you go in that Brian Schmutz sent you by. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Ah! Uh, 
you're wondering how I knew <laughs> everyone you called since 2002. I know you had privacy before, but thanks to me, you don't have it no more. It's no big deal, don't have a cow. <laughs> Just because, yes, I can hear you now. Don't you know that I heard it through your phone line? Attorney General says it's just fine. Baby, I heard it through your phone line. Ooh, and pretty soon we'll read your mind. You know it's coming. Yeah, heard it through your phone line, and we're hoping that you don't mind, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take your heart out, Smokey Robinson. <laughs> huh? All oh, right. It was Teddy Pendergrass, right? Very white? I don't know. One of them guys from the Seattle scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can you say moron? 119 at 560 WQAM. I'll tell you, a great website. Yeah. And I'm getting more and more stuff from there. In fact, I just sent, uh, Josh, 400 stories from there during the break. Capitol Hill Blue. No. RawStory.com. Oh, I love Raw Story. Had for a long time. You love it raw? Yeah, that's what I heard. And the story, too. Oh, here's one for the poll, by the way, from DP. Crapfonzo Thorpe, wide receiver, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, how do you say that? Crapfonzo? Maybe that's how you say it. Now, what do they call him for short? Crap. Crappy? Or just plain? Crap. <laughs> oh, no. I guess if he makes a bad play, that's what it is. Democratic congressman calls for a subpoena of Halliburton profits. In letter to Chairman Davis, advanced to Ross story, Henry Waxman outlines over $250 million in Halliburton charges refuted by Defense Department auditors. Representative Waxman is asking the Committee on Government Reform to subpoena documents related to the charges. The letter follows. We'll have the whole letter on our website tomorrow because I just sent it to, uh, what's his name? The Honorable Tom, well, here's the letter. We're just a part of it. Today, the New York Times revealed that the Army Corps of Engineers has awarded Halliburton over $250 million in cost reimbursements, profits, and bonuses for billings that Defense Department auditors determined to be unreasonable and unsupported. The Defense Department provided no adequate explanation for this irresponsible action. It's been withholding relevant documents about its compensation determinations from the committee for almost a year. And he goes on to talk about the, the excessive and unsubstantiated cost. And but It's in great detail. Halliburton, again, raping the public for your vice president and uh, everybody else's fun and profit, except yours. How do you like that? I don't. Oh, Bob Greasy for the pool. That's interesting. Sure. Bob Greasy. You think Bob's greasy? <laughs> Says, happy, happy. Been listening since WYNC at night. Tom in Tallahassee. Thanks a lot, Tom. And thanks to the Greasemeister, too, the, the original Grease man. Georgia congressman failed to declare Abram off client trip, then supported client's efforts. Boy, what did I tell you about that deck of cards, man, or about the do game of dominoes? Now they all come tumbling down. Did I tell you that mm -hmm. several months ago? Yeah, you did. And you kind of poo-pooed me at the time. Caca. I still am. Yeah. Poo-pooed. About what? I don't see anything significant happening yet. Are you talking about the government or a QAM? All of the above. 878 votes. If we really push, we'd get 900 some today during the show. It'd be a real feather in Josh's cap because he's got several different jobs he's going to be doing pretty soon. Now, why did you uh, give up the Marlin thing? Uh, because I, I really won't have the time. Um, well, how do you know that? If your other deal is still in flux. Well, I'm going to be doing it. It's just a matter of how much. Uh, going to be doing what? The other deal. Yeah, I'm going to be working on power. I just don't know uh, what my pay situation is going to be. They're still haggling. Well, why is that? Waggling. I mean, I can only imagine the kind of numbers we're talking about, the kind of bucks that they're going to pay you. Long story short, 
Uh, but you're not you're not related to anybody there in the building. Well, uh, your mother works there, doesn't she? Yes, she does actually. Well, like I said, so you right off the bat, connected. That's another next extra ten grand right there. Well, it, obviously not. Not related to the right person in the building, is that it? That's it. I see. And here I thought you would tell me about all these big changes that were coming. But but listen, listen. Everything yeah. was cool. Everything was cool over here. Everything was even approved. But uh, yes, an offer came back from the. Uh, the Naples people, I from guess. The dark side. And uh, it was uh, something that basically I would turn down. Um, so w- we're working on that still. That's all I, mean, I got. The offer there. came back from the Naples side. What the hell is that? You should be with that. That's what happened to the studio. That would be corporate. over there. Even before you went came into the building, you know how that works. Like the studios were going to be such and such, and then it came back from the other side. Are you side. trying to tell me that they lie a lot? Is that what you're saying? I didn't say that. No, I said it. You said it? They lie through their teeth, man. They lie and they stonewall and they stall and they uh, play games. and They don't want to cut loose with the cash, baby. They don't want to cut loose with the cash. That's what it's all about. And we can have Joe Bell and Joe West and Joe South and uh, Peter North and all these other. We can have 15 of the greatest general managers in history of mankind. You're dealing with the measly Beasleys, baby. Oh, you know, I, I redid that. Uh, you know, Brian's got to do it because I did a really bad job. The following is an apology from the Brian's of Measley's Reunion Yes, it's been brought to our attention from outside sources, since uh, we never listen to radio anyway, that the, the only lucrative show we have on the air, the Neil Rogers show, I believe it is, has been playing farts again. Now, this flies in the face of God and the FCC. Well, not really the FCC, but we know so little of broadcasting, we don't want to take any chances. Subsequently, this validates our fear of syndicating Neil's show on our other stations. Uh, Not that it ever would have occurred to us in the first place. Uh, We're much too busy convincing ourselves that we know what we're doing. After all, we are based in prestigious Fort Myers, a town that Oscar named after his weenie. Suffice it to say, if you want to feel important, rent office space above a seashell store in Fort Myers and get more cosmopolitan than that. Uh, uh, Not to mention, uh, as a Florida-based business, uh, we benefit by not having to pay our bills or employees. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's uh, the best I could do. Did that suffice? Yeah, we're still waiting for the remake, though. It's in production. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, for the time being, that was, or at least it was kosher anyway. We left the uh, spittoon out of that one. A Georgia congressman omitted a trip paid by a client of fallen lobbyist Jack Abramoff from travel disclosure forms, even though he declared it on his personal income filings, Raw story has found. The congressman represented John Linder, Republican of Georgia. What a bunch of crackers in Georgia, baby. Took a five-day trip to Puerto Rico with his wife in August 98. I bet you them Ricans don't care for his kind, you know. In fact, I, he probably don't care for their kind either. The trip was paid for by the Future of Puerto Rico, Inc., a nebulous lobbying group that sought to advance Puerto Rican statehood and other island causes. In other words, Erzatz Puerto Ricans. The group was a client of Jack Abramoff, the former... Linder, the longest-serving Republican in the Georgia House delegation, was first elected in 92. He sits on several powerful committees, including Ways and Means and Homeland Security, and was chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, 96 to 98. 
Shortly after trips taken by former Majority Leader Tom DeLay began to attract attention in the media last March, the ANP reported that 43 House members scrambled to publicly report their own trips paid for by special interests. Linder belatedly filed for nine trips, but the Puerto Rican trip remained markedly absent. Even Ricky Martin's looking into this. Linder should have filed a travel form shortly after his trip and could have corrected it when he belatedly filed for other trips last year. Failing to properly report sponsored travel is a violation of House rules. Linder's office, amazingly enough, did not return repeated calls for comment. How do you like that? I don't. Like I said, just scratching the tip of the iceberg. There's Lou Dobbs' promo on CNN. He's foaming at the mouth. Foaming. Man. Looks like he's got... uh... By the way, did you ever get a spider bite? Yeah, frequently, sure. Yeah, me too. When I had that apartment in Amsterdam, yeah. you know, that basement with... itch. Oh, not not really. They hoit. This is yeah. the biggest spider bite. I, w- I was standing in my kitchen a few days ago. I had gone and taken the garbage and put it down the chute in the garbage room. And, of course, I was wearing my walking shorts. Not a pretty sight. And uh, I came back, and I was, like, washing a couple of dishes or something, and I felt like on my halfway down my right, my left leg, like some pain, you know, not... not excruciating, but like, an, uh, whatever. And I finally looked down, and here's like, uh, this is the biggest uh, spider bite I ever had. Hmm. There's the two big holes, like the puncture marks, and then there's a, right. a line, and I immediately ran and put the polysporin on it, and it was just fine. Usually, and it was still uh, there, though. Yeah, they usually get you while you're sleeping, at least in my case. Yeah, when I was in Amsterdam. Get bitten a lot over there. 27 pounds. Oh, there's Kira Phillips. Time to go. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Know that the Lord even loves Neil Rogers. Absolutely. Oh! I like to go fishing inside the shower store. Slip side as I go swishing. And slap her off the wall. I bend over, over, try to aim it at my leg. But I'm much too small, my tiny feet is far away. Why did you go on my leg? When April showers come my way, I like the golden shower. And squirt, rinse, and spray. Taking a golden shower. I like a golden shower. Trickle down theory before I start to scrub. I rinse off my wee wee with a pair of looper gloves. No wind on my toes makes me feel so wet and wild. Feeling in the street when I paint myself in miles. Aren't you glad that I am style? When April showers come my way, I like a golden shower. You know, I'm just thinking, well, Ricky Martin was a little boy back when he was a member of Menudo. Remember that? Right. He could have hooked up with that guy from Ohio. Maybe he saved some up. In a cup? <laughs> anyway, here's a fact that says, how could you forget Florida State wide receiver Dakota Fag? I never heard of Dakota Fag. And then it says, P.S. Magnolia still sucks. Well, anybody that uh, pays attention to FSU couldn't understand Magnolia. A little bit too cerebral for this guy. Dakota Fag. You know who that is, Josh? I do. And how about your boy Gay on the Patriots? <laughs> Gay. Oh, you know, I made a mistake. 
Uh, a couple days before vacation, we were talking about uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And, uh, well, there's several athletes named Gators. A gay on uh, West Virginia, I believe. I knew a guy in middle school named Gay Gay Williams. Gay Gay. His first gay, name was Gay, gay his middle away. name was Gay. And it was a family double name. Gay. He was Gay Gay Williams the third. He was double gay? Well, I got news for her. I got, Trust me. I got a beat. He was. Now, what was so. I just going to tell you? Oh, I said that in uh, Cuckoo's Nest that Jack Nicholson's character was J.P. McMurphy. I must have been his name was Randall McMurphy. That's right. Randall, because she called him Randall several times because when I was That's re-watching right. there, and she uh, sit down, Randall, you know, Miss Ratchet. And I must have been thinking of J.P. McCarthy, or maybe I was just thinking about J.P. Juan Pablo. J.P. Morgan. Right. Like, let's see, athletes with bad names, Achille Smith. Achille Smith, A-K-I-L-I. Former Dolphin, circa 89, George Shorthose. Oh, man, that's bad news. George Shorthose, was there such a guy? I, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> George Shorthose. You know, well, I'm, I'm going to uh, pass this info along. I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know, because i got so many important things. I can save them for tomorrow, I guess. Because i got news for you. This, this business of just uh, rambling through the calls just for the sake of like feeling obligated to do it, to hell with it. You know, when it, when it degenerates into what it did, it, uh, that's right. You know, I'll test the waters. If they got something to say, fine. If not, move, move on. Move on. i got, I got the whole world to save, man. Anybody believe it? No. Especially not me, but it sounds good. I bet you Duff believes it. Duff is, you know, it's one thing to be a fan of somebody, but another thing, I, I think he's going to start stalking me pretty soon. He did come to Amsterdam when I was there that time, remember? Right. I'm a little concerned about that child. Anyway, there's a fax that we got. It says, remember the story about the South Florida soldier who was jailed for refusing to go back to Iraq? His name is Camilo Mejia, and he and two other Iraq veterans will be hosting two fundraisers, one in Broward, one in Miami this week. The goal is to raise money for marching to New Orleans. Veterans and survivors march to New Orleans, which takes place March 14 to 19. Because of the billions of dollars being spent in Iraq, the Gulf Coast has gone neglected in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. That's for damn sure. Says, I know where you and Neil stand on the war, George, so it would be great if you can help us get the word out about these fundraisers. I don't know if anybody's going to go or they're going to, uh, at least I'll pass it along, okay? Uh, Camilo's in New York today, but be available for on-air interview. No. We don't do interviews on the show, sorry very much, whoever sent this. Uh, or you can call me, oh, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos, we don't do that. Here's the info about the fundraisers where the movie Soldiers Speak Out will be shown. Soldiers Speak Out. That's the movie we're going to show at these two locations today, 7.30 tonight. Doors and refreshments stand open at, uh, where is this? Oh, Cinema Paradiso, 503 South 6th Street in Fort Lauderdale, just east of the Broward County Courthouse. 7.30, doors and refreshments stand open, 8 p.m. screening, followed by discussion with special guests. That's tonight. Then tomorrow night, Tuesday, February 28th, uh, at the Tap Tap Haitian Restaurant, 819 5th Street, Miami Beach. Aha. Uh-huh. Tap Tap. 7.30 p.m. refreshments introduction, 8 p.m. screening of the movie Soldiers Speak Out, followed by poetry and discussion with special guests, okay? I'll put that in my okay. pile and save it, and maybe somebody uh, wants to find out about that, or not, because we have such an activist group <laughs> out there, you know that. Yeah. Make no mistake about that. Now, I'm a little bit curious. Did I hear a, uh, maybe I must have heard wrong. I thought I heard a promo for a U.M. baseball game or something before. I'm sure you did. I did? Well, I'm looking at my schedule. I see nothing about it. I see uh, Bow at 2, Mad Dog at 4, Hurricane Hotline at Bernie Kosar's at 7. Well, might not be tonight. You got it there? 
you were baseball? baseball? Yeah, I thought it was like said tonight on there. Not, uh, not that we would make a mistake. You were basketball on, the, uh, on Wednesday. That's on Wednesday, man. It's a long ways away, Wednesday. That's way down the road. No, I would have sworn that it had something to do with um, Kane's baseball. I'm really, I dreamed it. You think? Yeah. Probably. You're, uh, you're sure? Probably this one. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah. I'm waiting. Wednesday night, the Kings take on the Maryland Tigers. Oh, I told you it's about that basketball game, Wednesday. Okay. I just want to make sure, because we do have a habit of making the hurricane fucking blow. Bad mistakes. Oh, then I see Donna Shalili talk to a couple of football players that are not going pro. Did you see that? That's great. Yeah, Donna Shalili, the president of the university. What does she do in her spare time? She's busy talking to football players and is staying in school and don't go pro and make all the big bucks. Nice going, Donna, you silly person. You fair. Maybe, no, maybe she cares about their education. Right. Well, when's that going to start? An examination of Palm Beach County's electronic voting machine records, not good machines, Mon, from the 2004 election, found possible tampering and tens of thousands of malfunctions and errors, a watchdog group said last week. Bev Harris, founder of blackboxvoting.org, said the findings call into question the outcome of the presidential race. But county officials and the maker of the electronic voting machine strongly dispute that and took issue with the findings. Voting problems would have had to have been widespread across the state to make a difference. He won Florida in its 27 electoral votes by 381,000 votes in 2004. Overall, he defeated John Kerry Adiati. Blackboxvoting.org, which describes itself as a nonpartisan, nonprofit citizens group, said it found 70,000 instances in Palm Beach County of cards getting stuck in the paperless ATM-like machines and that the computers logged about 100,000 errors, including memory failures. I know several people who in uh, South Florida and Broward voted for uh, Kerry, and then it came up Bush on the thing, and they had to call the uh, supervisor and straighten it out. Mm-hmm. Just a coincidence. Also, the hard drives crashed in some of the machines made by Oakland, California-based Sequoia Voting Systems. Some machines apparently had to be rebooted over and over again, and 1,475 recalibrations are performed on Election Day, more than 4,300 units. Recalibrations are done when a machine is malfunctioning, Harris said. I actually think there's enough votes in Plant Florida. That's anybody's guess who really won a presidential race, Harris added. But that's, uh, with that said, there's no way to tell who the votes uh, should have gone to. As we well know, as we sorrowfully know, Palm Beach County and other parts of the country switched to electronic equipment after the turbulent 2000 presidential election when the county's butterfly ballot confused several voters, mostly old Jews, and led them to cast their votes for third-party candidate Pat Buchanan instead of Al Gore. The Supreme Court halted a recount after 36 days and handed Bush a 537-vote victory. Bogus, totally phony, and the media sat back and rolled over, and Al Gore sat back and rolled over, and the Black Caucus said, won't you please do something about this? And he said, no, and sit down, shut up. How do you like that? Uh-huh. Tippy Canoe and Tipper, too, that's what I'm saying. Piece of crap. Don't forget, it's not the Republican Party that's the problem. It's the weak jellyfish. This stuff with his support steal, man. The Democrats ought to be not just uh, talking, let's have some more hearings in the 45 days to re They ought to be screaming bloody murder. They ought to be shouting from the tops of rooftops. They ought to be doing a Howard Beale, open up your windows and scream and yell, man. That's what they ought to be doing. Are they doing it? No. No. But it be, but it boop, but like that. 20 till 2 at WQAM. With lightning quick speeds, latest features in security, Comcast high-speed Internet leaves DSL in the dust. And today you can get on board for only $9.95 a month for two months. With an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes, Comcast high-speed Internet is up to four times faster than DSL 1.5 and up to 100 times faster than that hokey-pokey slow uh, dial-up. 
Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast's reliable, fast connection means you'll be flying through the Internet. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet, you'll get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast, Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few. Not only that, but you get McAfee security tools included so you can rest assured that your Internet experience is always safe and secure. So what you'll be waiting for, start doing a lot more faster than ever before. Sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet today for just $9.95 a month for too much. You wonder how to manage without it. In Broward, call 954-COMCAST or in Dade, 305 Comcast, do it today. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oh, God. All right. I had a lot of money in my 401k. With that run, 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 with that run, run. I mean, when it gets to that point, that we just, I just, uh, at that point, just get up and walk out. 1.45 at QAM, we got Bo for uh, where Mo used to be from 2 to 4, because we still haven't uh, decided what we're going to do in there. We're like uh, in a state of flux, you know? Mm-hmm. And it limbo. sucks. It's, it sucks, the state of flux. We're like doing the limbo rock, yeah. One day it's Bo, and then it's Geldy, and then it's Curtis, and then it's this one, and that one, and all over the place. And, of course, the rationale being, well, we certainly can't possibly do worse than that one one that Mo threw in there in uh, November, December which sounds like a real good rationale for uh, not putting anybody on there. Uh, speaking of radio, which I know is very unusual at QAM, Piper High can keep its cherished oh, radio station for two more years, but eventually it's moving to Big New Digs and Davy. Nice going, Piper High. Oh! New signal, I hope. Well, maybe we'll, if you'll listen carefully. I noticed the uh, Sun Sentinel is going to be doing anything for my 30th anniversary, and I'm so pleased to see that. That's because Tom Jick is still rubbing his hind legs together, pissed off because I've been exposing the fact that he's like uh, just, you know, all he does is write crap about network uh, flop TV shows. Just puff pieces, that's all. Not doing the job anymore. And I'm the one that's out of touch, Tommy? I don't think so. I don't think so. Walk into the control room at WKPX 88.5 FM. It's clear why the station needs new facilities. They could be writing that about us. Yeah. Beside the control board is a record player. Oh, a record player? What's Mounted that? in a rack is a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Both were once staples of any broadcast operation, but most radio stations phased them out more than a decade ago. That went out with, like, uh, high heels, high shoes, high-button shoes. The student-run station at Piper High and Sunrise was slated to move out this fall into existing space at McFadder Technical Center in Davie. 
You can't get no McFadder than us, where it would be available to all public high school students in Broward. While they do have computerized editing capabilities and digital automation programs, those in charge of the class say they need much more to effectively prepare students for a future in broadcasting. Oh, don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Please don't do it. I beg you. You've got to be out of your mind. There is no future in this business. The move has been delayed at least two more years to allow for construction of a new building with state-of-the-art facilities at the McFadder campus. The new building will put all the school district's broadcast operations under one roof, including its TV station and closed-circuit programming for schools. All will be under the umbrella of the Broward Education Community Network, or BCON. Remember Molly Pecon? No. Nothing's been architecturally completed, but we're looking at probably a two-year time frame before the station actually moves over, said BCON Director Phyllis Schiffer-Simon. I wonder if she's uh, related to our Phyllis. I don't think so. The transmitter for WKPX would also be moved and placed on a much taller tower at its new home. See that? Mm-hmm. I told you I'd answer your question if you just shut up for a minute. That would increase the coverage area of the 3,000-watt station more thoroughly blanketing the county. Excellent. You do a fine job over there, Piper, in spite of the fact I got that hostile call, which we still, I'm not going to waste my time playing it. It's sad in a way because it's always been here, but it's kind of exciting in a way, too, said Piper Station Manager John Farley. For the radio station, it's like growing up and graduating. It's got a chance to become bigger and better than it is now. Put that damn stinking Power 96 right off the air. Oh, sorry, Josh. The station already has a loyal audience that appreciates the eclectic mix of alternative punk metal and hip-hop played by students. Farley said Arbitron ratings report show that at any given time, KPX has got 10 to 30,000 listeners. 10,000, I should say 10,000 to 30,000. That's a lot. I don't believe that. Where the hell did they get that number? Get out of here. 10 to 30,000 listeners any quarter hour? You believe that? No, I don't. Especially when you can't hear it. Who wrote this article? Michelle, Michael Hiblin at the Herald. Hey, Michael, I got news for you, baby. You better uh, recheck your Arbitron, sweetheart. Ten to 30,000 listeners, my ass. That would, that would put them right up there, and, uh, you know, if they had like 30,000. Jesus. It's totally run by the students. It's just faculty guided and directed, Farley said. Once they experience it, they love it here, but a beep, but a boop, but a bop. You get hang out with your friends, you do this, you have a lot of sex, whatever they're doing. That is just so ridiculous. I mean, there aren't that many people that live in their coverage area of about a mile and a half. What does that mean? Not that we want to knock KPX because they do a fine job and more power to them, but... You get that? More power to them? But I got it. 10 to 30,000 listeners my ass. It's just amazing the way these people have no idea. They wouldn't know a radio if somebody stuffed an, oh, that old one that I got my head on in that Herald picture. If they stuffed that up there, black them, but Michael Hiblin or whatever his name is, he wouldn't know a radio. And yet he's given the numbers there, yeah. In, in addition to which, how, how I, I never saw WKPX listed. How do they know that? That's a good point. I've never seen them listed either. Of course not. They're, they're not a commercial radio station. So how the hell do we know that? I guess he just picked a number. And, of course, you know where he got Ouija the board. last part. Huh? About 30, man. Well, he stole that from me. Ripped that off from me. Anything with 30 in it, man. Just rip, rip us off. We're used to it. Shirt off, Warren. This, this is beautiful, man. Doing a heck of a job, Mickey. Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff says the nation's able... And don't you love the way he talks? He talks he's like a male uh, Rita Crosby. He's a bitch is what he is. He really is. Cantankerous, he's a nasty, surly, mean-spirited, right. unqualified bitch. Uh-huh. Excellent point. Needs to be beaten. Yes, with a stick. We need to send him to Abu Ghraib for a long time. Then we'll be safe. Mickey Chertoff says the nation's aviation system remains the number one target for terrorists. And he warns... That his agency may have to cut spending on security at airports if Congress rejects a fee increase for some passengers. See, we still have to keep these big, big tax cuts for the rich in place. Mm-hmm. 
for all of Bush's buddies, for all his base. But in the meantime, we might have to cut back on airport security because we can't afford it unless we can pass it along the cost to you poor schleppers out there every time you fly. If the airline industry fights a fee all the time, wins, and the result is we have to cut spending on airline screening, then lines are going to be longer. Customers are going to be more ticked off, Chertoff said in an interview on Friday. And, of course, the worst thing would be if something happened and a plane blew up. That would be a real shot at the heart of the airline industry. So we've got a real interest in making sure we have adequate funding for this. What a line. The worst thing that would happen if something, if something happened and a plane blew up. Oh, brother. Is this guy got away with words or what? Oh, that's, a, that's a step away from Tommy Thompson and a line right. about, I can't believe they haven't poisoned our food supply because it's so easy to do. This, these are your leaders, man. These are your leaders. You know, this, the whole thing, since he, since he stole the 2000 election, the whole thing is surreal. Mm-hmm. In fact, going way beyond before that, the, the Clinton impeachment, the Monica Lewinsky business, right. Kenny Starr, it's all surreal. It's like, like, like a bad movie. Uh-huh. Like you couldn't believe that it possibly could have happened. And this is what's going on in, in terms of government, under the, under the name of government in your country. What are you people thinking about? This is lunacy. Madness. A country that Americans are advised by the State Department don't travel to because your life is in danger there because of the threat of terrorism. They're going to be allowed to, to buy the uh, uh, company that's going to run the ports at six, the six major ports on the East Coast. Now what are we talking about? A Arab government is going to mm-hmm. just like just like Howard Beale said, man. They've sold the whole damn country out to the Arabs. Yeah, not just a Arab government, but the kind that we should be scared of. That's what I just got through yeah. saying. And of course, Iran are evildoers because they don't recognize Israel. And they want to eliminate Israel. Right. Well, guess what? So does the UAE. Whenever it's it's selective uh, friendship mm-hmm. with the Israelis, you know, whenever it's convenient, they trot them out. And just like the yeah, whole concept right. with these uh, Farbis and a right wing Goya man, it's, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah, we have to be friends with Israel. Not because we like the Israelis or we give a damn about the Jews or any of that stuff, but because we've got to fulfill the uh, prophecies, man. We've got to go there and have Armageddon. And we're all going to go to heaven, and the Muslims can all, uh, you know, get their seven uh, virgins or whatever. The crazy religions, man. That, all you kids out there, let me just tell you right now. That's the one thing in life that you have to overcome. You have to survive the religionists. If you can do that, maybe you have a decent life and you live more than like 10 years old. Surviving the religionists, they are the ones doing most of the killing. As part, at least the mafia men, who are, of course, endorsed and supported by, they, well, they wash each other's hand, you know. The mobsters give a lot of money mm-hmm. to the church. But at least they only stick to their own. They don't go out and, you know, start messing with innocent bystanders, any pain in the ass right. bystanders. Unless, of course, they try to shake you down and you refuse to pay. As part of its budget request this month of the 2007 fiscal year, Chertoff's department proposed doubling the $2.5 security tax paid each way by passengers on nonstop flights. Passengers on multi-leg flights already pay 5 bucks each way. Just amazing what's going on. And the public sits back and we get a steady diet of one of the Olympics. Da, 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 da. That's what we get is crap. Crap. Pure on underrated crap. A bunch of pansies skating on the ice and flopping down on their asses, okay? Them. Which I'm sure for the first it ain't the first time for a lot of them to spend so much time on their ass. Good God. And look at that. Look what they're talking right now. Ice skating carried the Americans, combining for 14 of 25. Ice skating carried the Americans. Aren't we proud of that? This is Neil Rogers. Congratulations, man. What a this project. Is in Torino. A.S. 